Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Broken Clock Podcast Gamescast. As always, my name is Adam. And I'm Joe. And we are guaranteed to be right at least twice a day because that is the motto of the Broken Clock Podcast. Joe, global warming's a hoax. I'm starting it off definitively. I'm saying it right now. It's not real. Oh, because outside feels like it contradicts that right now. <laughs> oh, shit. Have you been outside? I have yeah. not been outside in days. Is it nice outside? Oh, it's fucking gorgeous outside. Right? It's, <laughs> it's fucking a, it's a fantastic uh, January. <laughs> yeah. No, I, we don't want to get political. We don't want to get down in the muck of that. But uh, You know what? If it could be like this all the time, bring on all the global warming you got because it's fucking gorgeous outside. Right See, that's now. the problem. There's no like plateau there, I don't think. I think it's just the constant escalation upwards until we live on the sun. <laughs> like, I don't think it's a... I don't think you get to that right point of like, you know what? This is the appropriate level of global warming that I want. Yeah. 70 degrees in January. We just January. need to figure out that point. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, yeah. I don't want to stop it. I just want to regulate it. Exactly. I just want to get it just the way I want Come it. on, science. Yeah. Get your act together. I yeah. know it's happening. Don't tell me that it's happening. Don't tell me how to just stop it and reverse it. Tell me how to keep it constant so I have 70 degree weekends in January. Because uh, yeah. this is amazing. <laughs> you know, I walked outside and I was just like, ah. I know, I, I know I'm supposed to be upset by this, but no. it's just so fucking nice out. I went for a walk yesterday. I, like, I got outside. It was great. Of, of course, then I planned to, like, sit inside and watch football all afternoon uh, and then record podcasts and sit inside and watch more football on Sunday afternoon. So I really don't get the the full feel of it because I, you know, plan to not be outside. But Oh, yeah. Ultimately, I just stayed inside and played Call of Duty for, <laughs> like, eight hours. <laughs> I thought about being like, maybe I'll take the switch outside. And I was like, no, I don't even have really time to like get into it. So, but it's amazing how mm. nice it is and beautiful. I know like there are parts of the country where it's completely covered in snow and they're not having it. It was like snowing in Texas. Yeah, exactly. There was like a huge pile up in like Virginia and stuff. So like we're, we're fine. I'm fine with 70, 60s, 70s. And like it was supposed to rain all weekend and be 60s, which would have sucked. Oh, yeah, but like been fucking muggy and shit. Yeah, but it rained for like ten minutes, mm-hmm. and then it was just beautiful for two straight days. And it's gonna be in the twenties next week, and it's gonna snow, so yeah. we're gonna be right back to it. But this is wonderful. I'm just gonna enjoy it while I can. I know, but except not enjoy it because we're gonna be inside talking about video games. Uh, so Joe, yesterday when it was super nice out, you sat inside and played Call of Duty. What else did you play this week? Uh, I decided I would give some of the stuff that I picked up from my Japan trip a try. Okay. Uh, one of the ones I was most excited for, I believe I said, uh, when we went over all the things I bought, was the... As you can common... hear on last week's episode, where Joe gives us a rundown mm-hmm. of all the purchases and uh, some of his experiences in Japan in the Far East. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones I was most excited for was Common Rider for the Super Famicom, mm-hmm. uh, which was a like side-scroll and oh, beat yeah, up yeah. one, yeah. a la... Uh, like Double Dragon style, Streets but Rage, just with Common yeah. Rider characters yeah. instead. And? Uh, it is fucking hard. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, naturally, games of that era are harder anyway. Uh, and I assume that, you know, I feel like Japanese games are always a little bit harder too, especially mm. since you can't speak the language as the entry point to figuring out button presses. Well, and... I mean, it's a side-scroll with beat-em-up. There's, there's not really all that complexity yeah, could, to it. It could be nuance. You don't know. There could be like... Special power-ups you don't know how to do or, you know, things of that nature. Well, there was a while, because in that one, um, you start off just as the, like, normal human version of the character. And then later on you can transform. So there was a point in the beginning where I was just like, am I doing something wrong that I'm not actually turning into the common Rider? 
I'm just running around as the, you know the guy, and I was trying to like figure that out. But it's just you have to beat the first level before you can actually start transforming. Yeah, you're like, why aren't I common writing? Damn yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I was a little uh, wondering if I was fucking something up See? at that point. Nuance. But uh, it, the game is uh, is very very brutal uh, in terms of uh, like damage output. It, it's one yeah. of the, the one of the first kind of games where. Uh, in that vein of game where the enemies can hurt you just as bad as you can hurt them. Shit. Yeah. So sometimes if you get caught in a combo from a, from an enemy, they can take out like three quarters of your life. Now, is there was there like a difficulty setting that maybe you could change? Like, are you playing on like Ultimate Rider or something? Because the last person who played this cartridge game did that and it saved that way forever I mean, that could be entirely possible i can't read the menus like you said so i don't know i just See? kind of hit like you know go yeah like, normally it defaults to at least normal or yeah. a, or the easiest setting when you're going through things you know it's, enough of it to press one player <laughs> yeah uh so it is possible that i was doing that um but uh yeah the the game is uh very very brutal um it, it is still fun though i mean it's a side scrolling beat up so you can't yeah. really go wrong uh, it is a little weird in the fact that a lot of the times it just kind of, instead of traditional, like you just kind of walk across the battlefield going and every time it just moves a little bit more to the right as yeah. you go, this one is a lot more sectioned off. So sometimes like you will just fight on a screen and then it will jump, like transition to the next area on just one screen. Oh. So like, you know, you jump into a, you know, he jumps up in the air and then like lands in the next screen, beat up a bunch of guys, he jumps up in the air and lands in the next screen, as hmm. opposed to actually walking around the battlefield as other ones normally let you do. Yeah, it does the moving for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, there are some areas, of course, where it does do that, but mm. it was kind of weird at first where the transitioning between area, like it generally just fights is just a whole new screen each yeah. fight, uh, which was a little more bizarre, kind of made it feel like almost kind of like a more of a fighting game yeah like a like a multi-tiered or like multi-enemy fighting game kind yeah. of thing instead um but that's not every area it's just some of the areas mm -hmm. it just kind of like threw me off um but it, it's still like i said it's a side-scrolling beat up you can't go wrong i like common rider so i was just more excited to be like i know that enemy i know those enemies oh he turned into the common rider yay <laughs> And like then a kid the, in a candy store. Yeah, and then uh, there gets to points where like you can transform back and forth, but it's like, why the fuck would I not want to just be the common writer the entire time? Yeah, why would you want to be a person? Yeah, if you could be a common writer. Yeah, like given the, given a choice between like being Tommy Oliver or being the White Ranger, I want to be the White Ranger. Eh, I don't know. Tommy gets to you know be with Kimberly. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that ain't that ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, other thing that I played was I, uh, took out the drums for the Tycho Drum Master. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I got. How'd it go? Uh, I was a little disappointed in figuring out that the drums are wired. Oh, well, yeah, of course they are. I you just, didn't, you didn't know that? No. Oh, I would have assumed that because every single musical peripheral in the history of video games has been wired I for mean, the most part. Rock band stuff's never been wired. Well, rock band stuff always was wired. And then, like, Rockman 3 was when it started to not be wired. That's true. Uh, it's just, I guess at this point in time, I just kind of expect everything to be wireless. Yeah. In, in this time of, like, video games that we are in, whenever th something is wired, I kind of go like, ew, wired, ew, why? Well, yeah, of course. That's the natural reaction to wired is, ew, why? Yeah. Um, I guess, and, like, I would be even, I would hate it even worse with the Switch, because that thing seems like that would be super easy to just pull over and fall flat in its face. I know. That's what made me super nervous, especially since I have a kitten right now. who's He's a kitten, but he's now a large kitten. 
and likes to run around like a maniac and has a tendency to like run right into the wires of things that I have and yank them down. Sweet. Yeah. So, um, I was, uh, and it's not a particularly very long cable either, uh, which once again, when you're dealing with the switch, which is a very delicate and not exactly like ergonomically yeah. designed for safety <laughs> yeah. system. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it doesn't have a wide base. No. Um, so like I took it and, you know, I had to like sit on the edge of my couch, like, and I had to put like a, a, a food tray on my lap and like play with it like super close to me yeah. just because the wire wasn't long enough. So I felt like I was like playing like a T-Rex with my tiny T-Rex arm, like drumming on the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I got to get some sort of, I, I probably have like a dozen of them in my house somewhere, a USB extension cable, but I got to get one of those just to give myself some more leeway to actually play with it. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand at the, like the fact that it's a drum like accessory means that technically you're pushing it closer to the switch every time you, you hit it. Uh, so you're, it's not like a guitar where you could easily just yank it away from true the system. This I at mean, least if you forces get, if, you, yeah, if you get into it, yeah, you're not like technically moving, grabbing closer. the drum and yanking it away. No, what you would with the guitar, you definitely do a yanking motion before you did a pushing forward motion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, but yeah, just as long as it's USB extender, is all you need, then then go for it. Yeah. Um, so you know, didn't have too much fun just because it was kind of awkward playing with it. So were you playing the American one or the Japanese one? Uh, I was actually I was playing the American one. Oh, okay. Uh, just because I bought the Japanese like physical copy, but um, the American copy was part of the sale that they have going on right now. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The, there's just like a giant ass sale. Yeah. yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. It's not for the holidays anymore. No, it's really. just like a new, new year. year. New okay. year, new system, new yeah. games. So, yeah, it was on sale for 20 bucks, and you can't download, like, DLC on the Japanese one because you need a Japanese Nintendo account yeah. to download it. So I downloaded the American one and, like, downloaded some of the DLC song packs and stuff for it to give that a try. Nice. And fun, at the very least? Like, Oh, yeah, I mean, it's still fun. Like, I like the Tiger Master game. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I after, before hooking that up, I was just playing it like in handheld mode yeah doing the basic like a b up down button mm-hmm. like strategy and yeah. it's still fun even that way like it's still just a fun rhythm game at that point yeah i like controller hero yeah yeah so it's a lot like that um so i still had fun with it uh, i like a lot of the like weird japanese song selections mm-hmm. there's a lot of like anime and it has like uh japanese versions of like disney songs okay so like it has songs from moana but just the japanese versions huh yeah so it was kind of weird to like and interesting to hear those just in a different language does it have japanese the rock singing that one song that regular the rock sings in moana uh uh thank thank you yeah i think it was a song yeah yeah, yeah. no it had like the how far i'll go and stuff oh, okay and there's um, some too. Frozen ones also. Oh, okay. Nothing from Frozen 2, just Frozen 1. Okay, good, because I haven't seen Frozen 2, and I don't want spoilers in my video games. Uh, I, I just know the one song from Frozen 2 because it was playing everywhere in Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that because we were at uh, like a friend's house doing karaoke, and one of the, the friends has a daughter who loves Frozen, so they were singing the, yeah. the song from Frozen 2. But, of course, the kid hasn't memorized it yet because they haven't watched the videotape over and over and over again. Yeah, you can only see it one time in the theater. Exactly. Mm. Uh, I mean, I guess they could listen to it, but it's not the same if you're not watching the character sing it. Like, it, it'll take time; they'll learn it eventually. Hmm. Uh, did you play any of the like the ones that you didn't know existed? 
that you had purchased, like the one where it was like Godzilla versus Ultraman versus. No, I didn't play that one. I kind of wanted to. Like, I installed it on my PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I did, I, I, I know I'm going to get frustrated just cause I can't understand what's going on. And yeah. it's probably a very text heavy game. Yeah. Just wait for John to come over and he'll, he'll translate for you. There, I, I know that there's like an American patch for it, but I don't know how to patch a PlayStation four or if it's just a PC version. I don't know. Oh, yeah, Cause, but I, know. I saw somebody online on YouTube playing a translated version of it. On PS4? Or you I don't, don't know what they were playing. They were just streaming it while, gotcha. while playing it. I don't know what they were playing it on. I don't know if it's there's a PC release of it or if it's just a like PC copy of the PlayStation 4 game translated. I don't know. i got to look into that and figure that out. Because yeah. I do want to give that a try. But like I said, I, I knew I would be frustrated not being able to understand what they were saying i'm wondering if there's like, like a reading the menus and stuff yeah i'm wondering if there's like maybe a patch you can download to like a usb stick and then try like search for update from storage media option on the playstation 4 something maybe i don't know i know they have that for firmware updates but i don't know that they have that for game updates but, but i know that there is an american version of that there somewhere so i would like to find that and give it a try if i could there you go yeah how about you, you play anything this week uh, i finally beat Link's awakening Oh, okay. uh, so I just sat down. I was just, you know, looking to kill some time during the week and was like, all right, you know what? I'll, like, I'll get back to it. I wanted to try to finish it before the new year so I could officially beat the game that was my game of the year before the year ended. <laughs> and then just took the two weeks that we weren't doing anything off from playing video games. It's nice to get recharged and watch some other things and get caught up on some other stuff. So it was it was a good time. But uh, I went back and beat it. I just had to beat the, the last dungeon and then the... Um, the final like egg dungeon mm-hmm. uh which the egg dungeon was super easy which i was yeah. kind of surprised by um i really liked that last dungeon there was a lot of like you know you have to go through and like loop back to the beginning part of the level and like go back through the different ways and stuff i really liked doing that dungeon a lot um i i like fucked something up in that one like not fucked up but like i just didn't realize there was a thing you could do in that one for the longest time, I kept, like, just kind of going, like, I don't know what the fuck it was. It's when there's a thing where you can hit and then, like, a moving platform appears. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize you could control that yeah, platform. Yeah, yeah, I would just hit it and it would go. Yeah. And I'd just be like, I'd, like I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. How do I get over to that section over that lava? I can't figure it out. It's just because I didn't know I was supposed to do that. I figured it out by accident because I, I did well, it. eventually I did, too. I did it the once and it went straight and I was like, cool, that's where I wanted to go. So, like, that worked. Yeah. Uh, and then the next time I did it, it went to the right. And I was like, okay, maybe this is just every time you hit it, it goes a different direction. And so then I sat there and I hit it a couple of times. And, and then I like straight and you're like, no, it's just going straight now. Yeah. And then I was like, I wonder, do I control this? And then like I hit it and then just moved it. And I was like, oh. No, I ran around that like done for like three hours trying to figure out what I was supposed to do just because I didn't know I was – I could move those things. That was the other puzzle that I really liked in that dungeon was where you have to use that to fill Completely in the fill gap. Up everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and I think the other reason I, fi- I figured it out was because one of the owl hints when you get the beak. See, I never actually checked those. Oh, I always check them. Um, yeah. So one of the owl hints was like fill in the holes with the stone that moves or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess that means something. I'll, I guess I'll figure that out. Later, I thought maybe it was like you had to push the like you had to slide some slide stones into you a hole. Fill all the cracks. Um, but there wasn't anything like I thought there maybe was a room that had three holes in it with three stones next to it, and I was supposed to push the stones into those holes or something. Uh, and then when I didn't find any rooms like that, I was like, oh, I get it now. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, so that was cool. I really liked that. I really liked how it goes back to that like animated ending 
where he like wakes up from the dream and he's on the shipwrecked. Uh, oh, spoilers! Uh, the game's <laughs> twenty years old. Uh, I only wanted you guys not to spoil it for me because I was in the midst of playing it for the first time. Uh, the game's been out since September, right? And and then twenty years prior. So yeah. I think I think the moratorium on spoilers is over. So I apologize if you got it for Christmas. Let me go grab that Japanese copy and check the copyright date on it. Yeah, I think it's like nineteen ninety three or something like that. So. Uh, so yeah, I really liked the return like to that. Cause I had forgotten at the beginning, it was kind of animated like that. Um, so that was cool that like, oh yeah, this whole game was a dream and he's just crashed here. But then the space, the yeah, wind dying fish, of sunstroke out in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And hallucinating. Cause he definitely just saw a way, uh, like a multicolored, uh, space whale. Yeah. Space whale in the technicolor dream coat fly yeah. over him. So, uh, he's, he's going to die. Poor mm. Link. It's so sad. Rest it's in a, peace. Yeah, terrible ending to a great legacy. Yeah, he needs to find the Ocarina of Time so he can reverse time to right before he shipwrecked himself in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Idiot. Uh, no, but I really liked it. I very very enjoyed it. It solidified the fact that that was my game of the year. So uh, very happy to do so. And then last night, like I said, I was watching some football. Had some people over for the NFL playoff games. And in between the two games, we broke out the Genesis Mini. Uh, so we got to play some Genesis Mini. There was some Altered Beasts, some Golden Axe, a uh, little Echo the Dolphin. Though I was not in control of Echo the Dolphin, and thank God, because that game makes absolutely no fucking sense. Nope. It's just a lot of jumping and swimming and uh, echolocating and talking to other dolphins. But it doesn't really make any sense and tells you zero of what to do. That was one of the games I had like when the Genesis was out. Like I, I got that game new. Yeah. Um, and I still don't understand what the fuck is going on in the I, game. I, I played a lot of that as a kid. I can't imagine being a kid and getting that, like, thinking, like, because I could, here, here's how I imagine that going down is I would have had a Genesis as a kid. Somebody would have been like, you like the Miami Dolphins? Here's this dolphin game, because I don't know anything about it. Because that's, that's what you like about the Miami Dolphins. Is the, the dolphins. logo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, like, I, like a grandparent would have gotten it and been like, Genesis, okay, here you go, Dolphins. He likes the Dolphins. I understand it does what Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. As every grandma does. Um, and then I would have been like, what the fuck is this? I have no idea what's going on. Like, I can't imagine playing that game as a kid and being like, yep, this is what I want from games. To swim around as a dolphin with no sense of direction or understanding of what I'm supposed to do. There's no objective here. I'm not, like, freeing other dolphins from cages. I'm not, like... There's no, there's nothing going on. Like I didn't understand it. Uh, like I so. said, still I could not tell you a fucking thing in that game. If no. I was there watching you play, I'd just been like, yeah, I don't know what's going on either. No, the, whoever was at the controls at the time, like seemed to know what to do. They knew how to jump out of the water. They knew how to like progress. But like then we got to a part where you couldn't really progress anymore, and there were some weird diamonds that you had to like echo against to move them. But then sometimes they didn't move. Uh, it was just a, it was a zany. Did you get to the thing. giant blue whale sealed in ice? Uh, nope. Oh, it, okay. No, didn't get spoilers, Joe. <laughs> um, no, I freed the giant whale in, in Zelda. Oh, so that's right. I did. It's a cross, it's a cross game thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. So that was crazy. I played some Streets of Rage, some Road Rash 2. So kind of really got into it. Uh, I do want to enhance it as I, you know, as you do with the classics. Although I looked and I don't think it's as easy to do as other systems have been to enhance at this stage of their life cycle. So look forward to putting all those fun licensed games on there. Your Aladdin's, your Lion Kings, your American Gladiators, all your TMNTs and your Power Rangers and your wrestlings. So we'll get there eventually. And then, uh, then I'll have a lot more fun with it. 
but very good very fun thing uh right now and i'm glad to have it it is a cool looking i think it's the coolest looking of the mini consoles just because i think there's the most design on it than any because like the nes is just like a square or, or you know a box the yeah SNES it feels like is, it's the most representative of yeah. the original thing like right down to the fact that like the flap on the tap opens up oh i didn't even notice that yeah like you can actually open up the flap on the top or like push in the flap on the top where the cartridges would go i did see somebody was selling on like etsy or ebay like little mini versions of the cartridges mm-hmm. so that would probably slide in there that'd actually be pretty fun to have yeah like a stack of those yeah because in japan they had you could buy the tower of power like attached so you could get oh, the little yeah, sexy yeah. and you could get the 32x to put in the top and then you could get the sonic cartridge to put in that did you look for that when you were over there i don't I, think we talked about it last week i uh, i i looked for it i couldn't find one anywhere mm. they, like they were limited even at the time so uh, i i didn't see any any shops that i went into but i don't know how much they would have cost even if i had found it but i kept an eye out just because i was like yeah i don't want that that'd be like a cool little thing to have because you have do you have all the components for the regular sized one like for your genesis oh i don't have a 32x okay yeah oh, that's never, right never bought one of those okay we'll go on a use game hunt somewhere in america mm-hmm. and we'll we'll try to help you find one yeah uh, but yeah no it's cool i'm excited to have it uh i want to put together like a shelf of the four ones and you know like an hdmi switcher or something so that way i can just power through and use whichever one i want to use and once they're all enhanced and ready to go i didn't do the nes i did the snes but not the nes so i'll have to do that in the genesis and maybe get some more playstation games on the, the thumb drive and just have it my own little mini retro arcade put like mm-hmm. put it in the basement or whatever just make it like it's the 90s all over again yeah it'll be fun mm-hmm. uh all right uh that'll do it again we don't have john this week he is celebrating christmas with his family so he'll be back next week and we'll hear all about his japanese adventures and what he's been up to uh since you last heard from him next week uh but we'll jump now into the lightning round not lightning round for this week uh which had a lot of stuff going on uh we got a uh, and we kick things off lightning round with a surprise nintendo direct that got announced i think like monday or tuesday uh for later in the week and this one was a surprise on the theme because it centered completely around pokemon i was not expecting that i mean they announced it no, but like when like I had heard rumors a new direct was coming mm. because apparently there was like a GameStop started putting out SKUs that just said like Nintendo Game One, like Nintendo Game Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that meant a new direct was coming because that's usually the precursor to that. But I thought it would have been a hey, it's new games of twenty twenty, like it's let's get you ready for the oh, year yeah. upcoming. Yeah, yeah. Like, like what are what are our exclusives? What yeah. are like the things coming out? Because like you know, for a while there, there was that point where they were having like the one big game every month like the one uh, first party official nintendo game every Mm -hmm. month so yeah maybe like a a roadmap of all of those coming out yeah you can see how that could have been a thing yeah like where are we at with new yoshis or new kirby's or you know is there a new mario like are we getting some other updated mario game uh, an update on the breath of the wild 2 sequel yeah that one i feel like where is a ways off but uh you know something just outlining what i can look forward to as a switch owner or possibly even a 3DS owner, I guess, in 2020. Uh, and instead, we just got nothing but Pokemon. So I wasn't really tuned into this one. I did watch it. Um, but everything here was pretty much in your wheelhouse, Joe. Uh, so why don't you take us through what we got in the Pokemon Direct? Uh, first off, they just kind of opened it up with one little thing. I mean, the, the big thing was all Sword and Shield stuff, obviously. But mm-hmm. they kicked it off just by showing off a uh, Switch version of pokemon mystery dungeon yep. uh, which looks to be a remake of the first pokemon mystery dungeon it's yes. just 
put Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team, whereas the original ones were Rescue Team Blue and Rescue Team Red. Yeah, so this it looks is like this combined. is just a, the combined version of all those. Uh, now on the Switch, obviously a very updated one. has kind of like a sketchy art style mm-hmm. to it, where it looks like it's a bit more like hand-drawn, cel-shaded-y kind of thing. Yep. Uh, I've never gotten into any of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games. I think I played Mystery Dungeon Blue when it originally came out, just because I was like, oh, this is a new Pokemon game yeah, kind of I'll thing, play so this. I'll give it a try. And yeah. I went like, okay, this is weird, and I don't really like it all that much. So I never got into that, um, but obviously they've made a million of them since then, so people like them and people are buying them. So I'm sure there are a lot of people that are excited about this new one coming out. Uh, and then they delved into the meat and potatoes of the thing, which was the uh, update to Pokemon Sword and Shield that's going to be coming out. Yeah, expansion passes for yeah. both both mm-hmm. games. Yeah. yeah, double dipping. Yeah, so uh, they came out and they said like this will be the new version of the uh, traditional third game in the series. Yeah, this is the game. Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. This yeah, is the... this is the Emerald. This is the Yellow. Yeah. This is the Crystal. Uh, so instead of it being a whole new game uh, that you go out and buy, it'll now just be an update DLC packs. Yep. Uh, two DLC packs will be coming out for it. Uh, one of them is the Isle of Armor, yep. and then the other one is the something crown? Ice World? Something? Uh, yeah, yeah it's, snow, it's Snow World. Let me get the article up. Yeah, both of these take place in the Gala region. <laughs> Obviously, these are just unknown or un-explored you know explored areas. Of those of that region, so uh, you know you're still playing around in the same area, but two new DLC packs. Joe's trying to find it. I'm stalling for time. Uh, the Crown of Tundra. Sure. Yeah, Crown of Tundra is the other expansion. So, or, uh, Crown Tundra. Crown Tundra. I don't know whatever the fuck it is. Looks uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's more more Pokemon, more story stuff. Uh, obviously, more actual Pokemon. Uh, will be available. I think they said. I don't know if this was between two or in each one. Said something like two hundred new and returning Pokemon. Yeah, that was another thing I was I wasn't sure of. So it said, yeah, each. Well, it said two hundred new Pokemon coming. I wasn't sure if it was like one hundred per one expansion, one hundred per the other, or if it's going to be each one of them will get be getting two hundred to each expansion. So for a total of four hundred new Pokemon, it's probably one hundred and one hundred. I'm assuming it's that and also. That with the announcement of the expansion pass comes two hundred new possible Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are going to be wholly new, it looks like, while some of them are just going to be, like, old Pokemon, and some are just going to be Galar forms. So I think in the video, because uh, it was basically like a sizzle reel of what's going to be involved, and I I don't know if you read more into it, but it looked like there was Galar versions of Blastoise and uh, Venusaur. Uh, those, were, those were the uh, Gigantamax oh, Gigantamax. Okay. of them. Okay. So, yeah. So it looks like uh, one of the big complaints about the original one was obviously the lower number of pokemon the dexit if you will the not the not uh fully realized Mm -hmm. uh, collection of games but also how it looked like one there were no starters except for charizard was Mm -hmm. the only starter in it and no legendaries so in this one one dlc they showed off a charizard or a um blastoise and uh, Venusaur. Venus, Venusaur's Gigantamax form. So Which obviously, they look, cool. they, they, they look cool. So obviously, it looks like starters will be coming back in that one. And the other DLC, they confirmed that legendaries were going to be part of that DLC. Yeah. So although they only showed off two of them in that first one, I have a feeling we'll probably get like all the starters in one DLC, and then all the the other DLC will have all the legendaries. Mm-hmm. 
which were the ones that people were most disappointed with not being added. Um, and then uh, they also confirmed that uh, there will be a free update to the game that will allow you to get those DLC characters, like the new ones, uh, without having to actually buy the DLC. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was actually, when I was watching this, I was, like, getting mad watching it initially because I was like, oh, okay, so I guess that whole, like, you know, well, we didn't have time to add these other ones. No, clearly, they were just saving them to, to to sell you DLC. So I was like, oh, fuck you guys. Like, you just kept other Pokemon out just so you could sell them to me later on. And then they're like, and then there'll be a free update that will let you trade them all from your older games into the new ones. So oh, I was okay. Like, okay. So, like... Even if I don't buy this DLC, I can still get those new ones. So, like, well, you won't be able to get like the Gigantamax versions of like Blastoise, or will you be able to take a Blastoise Venusaur and then Gigantamax them? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. assuming you will be able to do that. Okay. Uh, just because Gigantamax is essentially just a move that you do in the game. Gotcha. Like, they don't stay in that form. Gotcha. They only do it temporarily in a fight kind okay. of thing. So, I'm assuming you'll be able to Gigantamax them in the fights uh, when you get to that point. Um, but, uh, so I was like, okay, so like, I can still get them. Like they didn't just keep those things out of the game no. just so they could charge me later on. Like they're still technically free later on. So I was less angry about it at that point. So will, is there an incentive or a reason to, for you to need to buy both expansions for like both, uh, sword and shield? Or uh, is there, you just really only have to buy one in whichever game you want to continue your, progress in as someone like for you who bought both yeah that was another thing that i was kind of at first i was a little bit angry about but then i kind of stopped and i was like all right i guess it's not as bad kind mm-hmm. of thing um because yeah so there are two dlcs or two dlcs but they only work on one game when yeah. you buy them yeah so like you have to buy the sword expansion pack to get the two dlcs for sword and you have to buy the shield expansion pack to get the two dlcs for shield yeah like you can't just buy it and then it works for both of them kind no. of thing so i was like oh kind of kind of like fucking sucks now i gotta pay like 60 bucks to get those but then i was like oh wait but you would i would just anyway. i would have done that if they had just sold it as a one game combiner thing. yeah if they just sold it as pokemon armor yeah essentially otherwise i would just have to rebuy the game two games i had already bought like that's just been the strategy up to this point so i was like i guess it's really no different when it's even better than like ultra sun and ultra moon because they sold you two games yeah like two second wave games or like black two and white two at what well but full price was like 40 bucks well it's still it's still for full price at that point yeah yeah it's 60 now but that's just because it's yeah, the each DLC is 30. So, like, yeah. So, it's the same thing. Yeah. But there, that cost you 80 to buy the second wave of those DS ones when they're like, oh, we can get them for two more yeah. games. Yeah, so I it's say. entirely possible that they could have sold these DLCs with the full game as well mm-hmm. and have sold them as, like, Pokemon Crown, Crown and Armor. Yeah. And as it a been full 60 game and with 60. the full thing that I would have had to pay 60 bucks for yeah. just to get that dude. Because that's normally what it is. It's Pokemon, you know... Uh, Ultra Sun, say if it was just Ultra Sun, not yeah. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, it's still the full game plus extra stuff added yeah. otherwise. This way, you're just buying that extra stuff at yeah, that point. Which is like, good. You're not having to rebuy the entire game. No. So it really is not significantly different at that point. Yeah. Um, especially if you're only just buying one of them. So, like, every, like, as I was watching this, I kept getting mad and then going, all right, I can't really be mad. Yeah. And then to get mad, and then I'd be like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it was. And then I'd get mad because, like, 
up until this point, my natural reaction to everything Pokemon that they've been doing with these new games has always been to get annoyed and, like, angry at it. Yeah. So, like, I was like, all right, at least they're, like, not fucking it up too bad with this one. Yeah. It's kind of okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there's the two new DLCs, like you said, uh, they're going to add the, or like we've been saying, the, add the new Pokemon to mm-hmm. it, they're going to get all the legendaries back, uh, as well as a bunch of new stuff, um, they showed off new Galar versions of certain Pokemon, so like the legendary trio, the Zapdos, Moltres, and Articuno, which were like the three legendary, every game has like three legendaries. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the three from the first game. Yeah, yeah from the first game. So yeah. like there was new versions of those uh galarian versions of those they mm-hmm. showed off galarian versions of a lot of older pokemon like uh Slowbro, which actually was patched into the game early like as a kind of a pre-setup thing where you yeah. go and meet the new uh rivals and new um like enemy characters the mm-hmm. the, the gym trainers and all that kind of stuff that uh, one had like uh it was kind of edited out like whatever slow bro becomes where like normally it's what slow king has the like armored thing on his head right yeah yeah in this one it says slow bro with like an arrow pointing to the body of a slow king but, but the, the head was, was scratched out yeah um so what do you think is going to be on his head this time um i have no idea like i wonder if there's good because what it, it usually is it's, it's on the tail right the slow king has the thing on the tail well there's uh there's slow bro and then there's slow there's another one and then there's slow king oh okay so there's, i don't there's think there was another form. one when i was playing no, the slow king got added later on. Oh, okay. Yeah, because originally it's slow, slow bro. Poke. That's it's slow I'm, poke. Slow poke. That's what I'm thinking. Or of. slow poke then slow bro. I don't know. Yeah, you're the Pokemon expert here. I'm the one floundering. Yeah. <laughs> Grasping so it's, at it's slow bro, and then something bites his tail, and then it stands up and becomes slow king, and then the thing moves and bites his head, and that becomes his crown, and uh, that's when he becomes slow king. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if there's going to be a new Galarian form of the shell. The one that's, yeah. I think it's like Cloyster is the one that bites his tail. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. but Neither am I. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see what it is anyways. Okay. Um, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. So they have all the, the legendary, like new versions, like Galarian yeah. versions of legendary. So like we're going to be getting that kind of stuff. Um, and then obviously like each one of them has a whole new story to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them I was kind of surprised because it's like very clearly Japan inspired. Like it's, uh, all martial arts and you go to like train at a temple at like a martial arts master kind of thing, which I was like, that seems weird for a game that's very distinctly British that like one of the DLCs is karate and bread. Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah. yeah. How do you think all the people in all those Guy Ritchie movies learn to fight? Oh, good point. You didn't even think about that. Maybe not. that's what this is. This is the Guy Ritchie Pokemon universe. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, you'd They're watch all that. swearing and stuff. Yeah, you'd watch the fuck out of I that. I would watch that. That'd be fucking amazing. There you go. I'm Detective looking forward Pikachu. to that new movie that is coming out. Uh, the, the, tech, the, the Oh, The, the Gentleman? gentleman? Yeah. yeah. Not uh, The Kingsman? No. <laughs> yeah. No, that should be good. That comes out in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that one, and then the other one is all about like a uh, uh, mountain climbing expedition DLC yeah. thing that looked interesting. But, yeah. Uh, either way, uh, lots of new outfits for oh, your yeah, trainers. New outfits, new clothing, new trainers. So it, it is a ton of like new stuff. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't add all of the Pokemon, which I'm still a little disappointed by, and I'm wondering if that's going to be something that will be gladly or like gradually patched in from this point out. Probably. Or will there be more DLC? Like, is this just going to be the first two dlc packs and then we're going to get two more later on uh yeah I don't is, know. It, is it possible i don't know um but uh, i guess we'll see mm-hmm. but um 
the and then they ended up uh, they you know so after showing off all that stuff, then they went into uh, a release date for Pokemon Home. Yep. Um, which is going to be your way for transferring stuff from your older games into the new ones. So like yeah. I said, they said they, they were going to patch it so that even if you don't buy the DLC, you can still transfer all your old Pokemon, mm-hmm. uh, which you can either get from trading at that point if you want to trade with people or if you want to transfer from from like your older games or from your Pokemon Go uh, Yeah, it's like Go, game Let's boxes. Go, uh, Sword and Shield, and then it syncs to the Pokemon Bank, mm-hmm. which was the old method of transferring Pokemon from game to game and system to system. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're go- the the Pokemon Home will be launching in February mm-hmm. of this year. Uh, they didn't give an exact date. No. Um, but, but it'll be available before the expansion passes are out because there's no date for those either, correct? Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, You can pre-order them now, though. So. Yeah, you can pre-order them now. If you pre-order them, you get, like, special clothing mm-hmm. uh, for your, like, you know, just an extra new outfit for your thing. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping for maybe, like, a little bit more than just an outfit, but... Uh, maybe a Pokemon? Well, they gave the free um, Slowbo, Slowbro, uh, slow, slow mm-hmm. um, just as, a like, a little, like, preamble thing. So, like, you get a little extra something there, but, you know, maybe something a little bit cooler, kind of legendary or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Something, you know, good. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, like I said, I, I was expecting to be, like, even as I was watching it, I was expecting to be mad at mm-hmm. everything. But in the end, I was still like, okay, it's it's not as bad. It actually seems pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's still a lot of people that are still, like, mad uh, about it. But, eh, uh, you know, it, it's not the end of the world. Like, it, no. it could have been a lot worse True. comparably to the, the initial launch of this game. So it feels like they are kind of trying to, like, make up for a lot of the the stumbles that they had along the way so good on them i would say are you sad in any way that the expansions or the like the dlc doesn't come with like a hard mode so to speak because i know that's something that you've been wanting in this since the newer games are too easy compared comparatively to older games are you sad it wasn't like a and for those longtime players who are looking for a challenge we've added in a mode that you know takes away some things that make it easier yeah, I mean, that would have been nice. I saw people um, talking about that online, saying, like, you know, I wish that this would include, like, a way to, like, turn off the experience share mm-hmm. or to, like, do this, turn this off kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that would have been nice, but, um, I mean, I wasn't really expecting it. Like, yeah. it wasn't a thing I would it was thinking of coming. It was more of a thing where after people said, like, oh, it would have been cool if they included this, I was like, oh, yeah, it would have been cool mm-hmm. if they included that. So I wasn't really disappointed. Uh, but it would have been cool if they did add that. Nice. Uh, one other thing uh, with regards to Mystery Dungeon, there is a demo available now. So, oh, yeah. It was one of those like demo out now yep. kind of things. So and you, the stuff that you do in the game will carry over into the correct. full game. Yeah. So if you're someone like Joe who either didn't play it or didn't like it when they did play it and want to get another chance, you can do that ahead of the, the release when that comes out. So uh, there you go. Uh, first Pokemon Direct or first Direct of the Year. I like I said I was hoping for more of a here's what's coming in 2020. Yeah, you you're right in the like at the beginning of the year, first one of the year, it should have been kind of a an all-encompassing Nintendo kind of thing. Cuz then you could do a Pokemon one in February and say And then say and now Pokemon Home is available home, to download. Yeah, Home is available now so you can get everything ready for these expansions which are coming. You may even have a more concrete release window to say summer or April or whatever for the first pack. Uh, so I think you could have pushed that off and done something, but maybe they don't have their ducks in a row for the rest of 2020 yet, and they need more time. But 
I was kind of hoping for that. As someone who doesn't play Pokemon, this I mean, this direct had literally nothing for me. Well, now you should start playing Pokemon. No, I've tried. Don't buy Mystery Dungeon. I've tried. I had I bought Red when it came out on like 3DS, and I was just like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> this is it's exactly what I remember, and I'm not a huge fan of it because yeah. it's a lot of riding around and fighting Rattatas. <laughs> just <laughs> like it's okay. Now it's all that, but easier. Yeah, I guess true. True there. Uh, all right, lightning round. Just because we got a confirmed Nintendo stuff doesn't mean there aren't a bunch of Nintendo rumors available right now. Uh, the first of which is we got a recurring rumor of the new Switch model in 2020. Last year, we thought we were getting a Switch Pro, so to speak. Instead, we got a Switch Lite and a Switch Bigger Battery, which was the regular Switch, but with a different box and a different battery, I think. And that was the only like difference. Like a faster processor. Yeah, but nothing like yeah, nothing that would really... actually do much. Yeah. It, I think it, the process... battery like lasted two hours longer. Yeah, and I think the processor helped in that yeah, like the processor was just for keeping the battery like, level down. I don't think it affected the gameplay at all. Yeah, and then we got a Switch Lite. So now that we've got a Switch Lite, the rumor is a Switch Pro. Uh, everywhere is talking that there is a new Switch model coming. They're they're not going so far as to say Switch Pro uh, because I don't know that they necessarily – like I don't know what specifically it is yet. It's still just like all signs point to new Switch in 2020 uh if they do yeah, if it is a pro end, model end of first quarter 2020 yeah was when they're going to go into production with probably a summer release date oh, yeah, i yeah, think you're is, right yeah, yeah is the turnaround on that i mean you're someone who's now bought uh who's now purchased a switch a switch light another switch light are you gonna get a switch pro right or does it depend on what it does uh i mean obviously it's gonna really depend on what it does um i i will fully own up to the fact that i'm just that sucker that buys the new version of everything that comes out Mm -hmm. i didn't run out and buy the new one with the new battery no because that didn't do yeah it wasn't like a new version of the system it was just kind of an enhanced version of the system uh part of me really kind of thinks that this that's what this is going to be again like it's just oh, it's still incremental. going to look like the old system but it's going to be an enhanced version of it yeah so um, you don't think bigger better screen i have a feeling that like you know once again there's no confirmation of what this is Correct. in any way shape or form yeah. part of me just feels like it's going to be the old switch models just with like errors removed like uh things to obviously get rid of the joy con drift yeah what if it's just that, that what if it's we've we've upgraded the battery power it's now two hours longer processors a little better and we fixed joy con drift switch pro here you go well I, like <laughs> i'm not even really expecting to call it the switch pro i'm expecting yeah. it to just be a new version of the old switch yeah that's what i'm expecting it to be okay um if it was a switch pro it like entirely like new one um I mean, do you think it would, like, look any different, or would it just be an entirely enhanced version of the old one? I wouldn't be surprised if it had, like, a maybe a little bit bigger screen and a little bit bigger Joy-Con. Almost like, all right, the the Switch is for everybody, the Switch Lite is for kids, and the Switch, like, adult is the one for, like, the grown-ups with bigger hands and can't don't really like the... Because, like, I don't think it's uncomfortable to hold the Switch. I think it's actually quite comfortable, but if it was just a little bit bigger, I think it would be that much better and there's something we're going to talk about in a little bit that i think kind of has my feelings on that a little bit uh so maybe if it was just a little bit bigger or a little bit crisper screen maybe something in that range where maybe it's a screen that can play 1080 now as opposed to just being a 720 screen and 1080 on tv kind of thing yeah i was expecting maybe like they would get rid of the bevel like the black border around the outside and have the whole screen fill up that whole section yeah and then yeah maybe like a 1080p kind of thing 
um, maybe a different kind of plastic on the screen to like less, you know, more scratch resistant one. Yeah. And maybe a modified dock. Yeah. That's one thing I would expect, like a new version of the dock. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously one that would not scratch the screen as you place the system in. That would be nice. Uh, Maybe something with a wider base like we were talking about. So it's less likely to fall over. Mm -hmm. Uh, I could see it being like that. I wouldn't picture it being like a vastly different looking system than Mm -hmm. what it is right now. Uh, that's more what I would predict it would be if they were going to make a pro model kind yeah. of thing, like an actual like really reworked one and not just a fixing mm-hmm. mistakes of the old one kind of thing. Um, so I would buy one of those if they came out. Uh, I'm still pretty satisfied with the light as of right now. Like my the uh, light is really nice. Yeah, and you know my uh, regular switch is just perma docked at this point. Like well, yeah. that's just for playing on TV at this point. Yeah. Yeah, so even if they made, like, a new Pro model, it would probably still just end up as, like, my TV version of the Switch. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, they could wow me. Like, Nintendo has kind of done that kind of stuff in the past. Mm -hmm. They've also dropped the ball a bunch of times as well. So I really have to wait and see what it is. I mean, do you have any other predictions? No, I just think probably it might be a little bit bigger, maybe heftier. Maybe it doesn't feel like you're going to snap the Joy-Con off. Kind of thing, maybe a new way to attach them or something. What I would actually like to see would be like thicker Joy Cons. Yeah. Um, like that would have more of a wraparound grip as opposed to just kind of the flat ones that are just as thick as the system itself. Mm-hmm. Like one that you know, just like an extra, you know, double something. thick layer, just so that there's more of a grab to it that yeah. you can kind of wrap your fingers around. Yeah. Especially for when you're playing with them, um, like detached. Mm. Uh, I think that would make for a better. Yeah, I just I think probably just a bigger. Maybe a bigger screen, remove the bezel a little bit. I mean, I would love to have like a premium model where it's like, it's not plastic. It's like metal, like, or it feels like a an iPad versus like a, you know, dinky, yeah, like, like an tablet. aluminum body with yeah. like a Gorilla Glass kind of screen. Yeah. So it feels more like, you know, like a phone, like mm. just like a premium, like a premium one. Oh yeah. I'd pay for that if they did that. Yeah. So we're like, you know, because I mean, phones nowadays are they, they're like these really premium things. They're thin, like they feel not space age, but like they feel 21st century and not so much like a toy. I mean, granted, they went from absolute toy, which was the Wii U gamepad, to something that feels more like a good piece of technology. I think they could take it one step further, sell it. It would be more expensive, obviously, probably, you know, a couple hundred bucks more. But I feel like there are those people out there that would definitely be like, oh, fuck yeah, this is the premium system that I want. And maybe it does have the 1080p screen or it's got something else. Uh, if they do come out with a new Switch model, though, the one thing I do I would really like for them to do is make it a little bit more seamless to transfer between system to system for those people like you who have a permadoct one and a light. Like I know that's going to be a much smaller number of people in the community that have that, but that would entice me to buy a second one so I could have one docked all the time and then just be able to like wirelessly transfer my save data, do like an up like rather than. Like, because what is it now? Don't you have to plug them into each other now, or is it not like that? Uh, no. Now you can it, it, you can just kind of like set it to auto upload okay. into the cloud. Um, it just kind of like sometimes can take a little while. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a more streamlined one would be much better. Like even if it was like an NFC almost, where like they can tell they're in the same room from one another, and it can just be like, like so I could almost like you know cast it to my dock switch, like so that way my dock switch would be almost like a chromecast or you know Mm. something like that where i could just be like okay play on other switch and it would just like 
you know, transfer even a game that's asleep to like the next one. And I could just go something that makes it more seamless to go from home to docked version with, because I have two. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a thing they're ever going to do. That's just kind of like a dream wish list thing for me. Yeah. If you could design your own. Yeah, exactly. You to do. Yeah. Because uh, then otherwise there's no real reason to have two because it is so easily portable and redockable. But I mean, it would just be a nice thing to have. Hmm. Uh, Maybe 4K output. Like you said, like 1080p handheld 4K docked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If there's a premium one, yeah. Hmm. Just move the scale up one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be pretty cool. But again, what games are really going to run 4K? I mean. I mean, one's coming out. Yeah. But then would the game have to run at 720p, 1080p, and, and 4K? 4K. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that would then look like if you're you know, yeah. adjusting it based on the game, but who knows. Uh, if you don't want to wait, though, to for an upgraded Switch, you can upgrade your Switch experience now if you live in the UK, Lightning Round. Uh, you can buy yourself a stylus. Uh, you'll have to import it if you live anywhere other than the UK because uh, there's one available for purchase now in the official Nintendo UK store. Uh, it runs about £6.99 which is about $9 American or uh, $13 in Australia. Um, and are you going to do this, Joe? Are you going to import yourself a stylus? I, when's the last time you played a Switch game that had like touch controls? I don't know. The picture on every article I saw was like some Brain Age style game where they're doing oh, math. That's right. A new Brain Age just came out. Yeah. So uh, that, Yeah, I guess maybe I guess. for that. Yeah. But no, I'm just going to use my finger. Yeah, I'll just use my finger. Yeah. I, this is the different kind of touchscreen than like the DS to where I don't feel like I need, or even the Wii U where like I don't feel like I need a stylus. I feel like this is more like a phone interacts. screen yeah. to where I'm fine with my finger. Like it's fine. Yeah. It's not premium enough or like weird enough. Because obviously the DS one didn't react to finger pushes, right? Or it did? Uh, No, it did. Okay. I, I mean, push. not very accurately. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so small. Like, this is at least... Like, this is bigger than the Wii U screen. It's bigger than the DS screen. So, I don't feel like I need a stylus. But, you know, if you're if you're a stylus person and you want an official Nintendo one, even though I'm pretty sure every stylus you own would probably work with it, and who doesn't have just, like, a drawer of styluses from every, like... If you've ever been to a trade show or any kind of, like, place with booths that just give out, like, pen styluses willy-nilly, got a million of them. I probably got, like, four in this drawer right here. Just... For no reason. I never use them, but I have them. I don't know why. Mm. <laughs> Pretty sure they're all gifted. I find it weird that it's, like, UK exclusive. It is weird. Of all how, things, yeah. Th- yeah, but, you know, you, there's always, like, some things that you can only get, you know, in mm-hmm. certain regions. That always kind of confuses me. Like, is it is it really that hard to get those styluses to America that, like, they had to just sell them as a, 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 a UK exclusive? Um, like the uh, the switch case that I bought for the the switch light was a, J- a Japan exclusive yeah. case. Why the hell can that not just be available everywhere? I've... It's a great case, and it's official Nintendo product. Like yeah. translation, I don't know. Yeah. Do, do zippers move backwards <laughs> over there? <laughs> uh, I think they do. That, I think the see, zippers there. are on the left side. There or, you go. Instead of the right side. Yeah, that it's probably it. It's probably the only difference. Like zipper, Americans though. won't know how to. It's just a, it's a clamshell. Oh, that's right. Yours is a clamshell. I'm thinking it was one of the zipper cases or whatever. Do they clamshell differently in Japan? Yeah. I've never been. I don't they know. They clamshell from the bottom. Oh, damn it. I knew it. See, this is why I'm glad you've gone now. You can help translate these things for mm-hmm. me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known yeah. if it clamshells up or down. <laughs> they clamshell uh, right to left instead of left to right. Exactly. It's crazy. Uh, to, you know, different cultures, you know? Mm-hmm. Everything's it's new learning experience. We're one, one big world. 
but yeah, it's just gray. It says Nintendo on it, so you can import if you want. I think it's region free because the Switch is region free, so that's good. You can touch in any country that you would like to. Um, so you can move on to that. Uh, all right, lightning round. We talked about uh, Pokemon on the Switch. Time to talk about Pokemon on the phone. Joe, we got some Pokemon Go uh, info, some news. Yeah, uh, so uh, they, they came out and they announced that 2019 was the most successful year ever for Pokemon Go. Sorry, did you say 2016? Uh, no, 2019. So 2016. Like 2019. When it came out. You take that six, flip it upside down, 2019. Is this like, it's a Japan six, so it's upside down? Like like the zippers and the clamshells? Is that what this is? Yes. Because it can't possibly be No, this is an Australian six. Yeah. <laughs> Can't possibly be 2019. Oh uh, yeah, so apparently 2019 was the most successful year ever for uh, Pokemon Go, earning uh, 894 million dollars, as opposed to the 832 million dollars that uh, they earned in 2016. Okay, uh, that kind of boggled my mind, just because I feel like I don't nearly see people playing it as much as I did in 2016. In 2016, it was insanity. Like I must... you just saw crowds of people moving across a plane, like dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Yeah, like literally everybody was playing it. People I know that have never touched a pokemon game in their life were playing it uh you saw people walking all up and down like busy streets people were walking off cliffs to play pokemon go but i guess it's just a smaller but even more dedicated fan base uh, i know john mentioned when he was in japan uh he was playing it because obviously you can catch specific pokemon that are only available in certain regions so i know he said he was playing it at certain points and then also like Japanese ones are different from American ones yeah. in terms of some certain things. It works even in the Pokemon games. Like, uh, if you have a foreign Pokemon, like, you have a better chance of getting shiny Pokemon from them. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I that that surprises me to, to a great deal. I'm speechless. Hmm. Uh, I know that they just announced some other new, like, uh, events that they've been doing. Like, there's a whole new thing that's going on. I think they're adding on. a new region yeah. recently. Yep. So, I, mean, I mean, I can only assume that there's just more stuff to buy in the game, and thus that's why it's earning more money. Like, less people playing, but more stuff to pay money for, whereas initially, like, there wasn't as many no, it was just, premium stuff to purchase No, in the it was game. just, like, Pokeballs and yeah. raspberries and whatever. Now you're buying, candies. like, gifts and this isn't that. I mean, I, I, I barely played Pokemon Go when it had come out, so. Yeah, I played it a little bit, but not. I haven't touched it since 2016. I don't even think it's on my current phone. The only Pokemon thing I have on my phone is the the Google Pixel You Can Wave at Pokemon app. <laughs> have I shown you that? <laughs> no. I'll show you that after. It's just like you get a you get a Pokemon and you just wave at it and then it waves back and that's it and you're done. It's just to show off the like radar technology in the uh, the Google Pixel 4. Hmm. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. completely unnecessary, but I'll show it to you after because it doesn't really work on an audio podcast. Um. All right. Anything more on the Pokemon Go? Uh, so as of right now, they announced that uh, it has earned a total of three point one billion dollars. Good the total. Uh, total take in, which uh, once again still also boggles my mind. Like I, you know, I played Pokemon Go. I just didn't get it. I watched how much of a like cultural phenomenon it became. Yeah, and I was shocked by that. Even as a person who loves Pokemon. Yeah. I loved watching people who like would make like a backpack rig so they could stream Pokemon mm-hmm. Go. There was like – you've seen the picture of the guy who has like the bicycle that has like 16 phones mm-hmm. on it so he can play Pokemon Go with all of them. Uh, yeah. I It took off way bigger than I thought and it's made – it stayed on much longer than I thought it would have given it credit for because mobile games come and go and they – you know. 
Angry Birds didn't even have like a three or four year lifespan. I mean, I guess it might have, but not in the zeitgeist the way Pokemon has. Yeah. So good for them. Do you think but, we ever get a Pokemon Go two with like a new, new mechanic, new gameplay style where it's more about battles, but I also feel like it's all good. It's gonna be updated. Yeah. Like constantly patching in new stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all right, there you go. Uh, lightning round this week, uh, being January, uh, we get the annual, uh, consumer electronics show in Las Vegas, CES 2020 took place this week. Uh, so lots of new technology, uh, TVs, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, they had a bunch of sex toys for the first time. Sweet. Uh, cause last year there was a sex toy company that like won some awards and they were like, wait a minute, you're a sex toy company. Get out of here. You don't get to keep your award. You're, you're gone. We don't want you here. Oh, wait, they didn't know they were a sex toy company when they gave them the award. I don't know. I think it just like slipped through the well, cracks. That's an interesting electronic dildo that you have there. No. Wait a second. Is that for sex? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no. Cause they would have been massagers or something. And then they're like, wait a minute. No, massage you're, wands. Yeah. You're massaging your nether regions. How dare you? Uh, no, but the one I saw, which was the product that like happened last year, was like it's for the ladies that goes both in and on and has like a suction feature. Uh, very crazy, but it won awards, so good for them. Um, but yeah, I saw a TV that goes from flat to curved with the press of a button. Um, that could be pretty cool. I don't understand. That's the thing the... that never really took on though. Curved TVs. I remember when like the curved TVs was like a big thing for a little while, it, like for like a month. Yeah, and then it went away. I guess it's just it's better for viewing angles. So, like, more people can see it from all sides. It's better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you can go from flat to curve with the press of a button. That was pretty cool. Uh, I saw some foldable tablets and PCs. There was one. I saw a TV that basically is, like, an overhead projector where it, like, it curls and wraps up inside of, like, mm. your entertainment center. They're, yeah, and they're really getting up. into that, like, uh, flexible plastic Yeah. now. You know, like, those, like, phones that, like, fold in half. Yep. Like the new like flip phones that open up like that. Yeah, the new Razor is like that, where mm-hmm. it's a flip phone, and then when you flip it open, it's a like a regular... full size screen. Yeah, uh, so lots of that. But we also got a lot of video game things. Uh, so we'll go through a bunch of these uh, lightning round. The first one is kind of what I teased a little bit ago, uh, which is Alienware, which is owned by Dell. I did not know that. Oh, me neither. Um, that was a surprising to me. I feel like it's been that way forever, but again, I don't pay attention to the PC space all that much, so. Never would have thought to know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Alienware came out with a prototype. Now, that must stress, this is not an actual product. This is not even technically a product in development. This is a prototype of a possible future of a portable gaming PC smaller than a laptop, a handheld portable gaming PC. Uh, and this one looked an awful lot like a Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I was alluding to earlier of like, it just looked like a heftier Switch which is kind of what I would like a Switch Pro to look like. Uh, this one had detachable controllers, though they detach they attach and detach with a magnet as opposed to a sliding mechanism like on the Switch. And then uh, they can just be stuck together to form like a controller as opposed to needing a separate cradle. No, it has cradle. a separate. Oh, does it have a separate cradle? Yeah, yeah, it looks it like they just snap thing. together. Um, no, there's a set, but like, I think it's just a thinner piece because mm. they just, it just needs the magnet to hold them both or whatever. Um, so... You've got that. Uh, it runs Windows 10, so it can play, theoretically, any Steam game, Epic Store game, whatever you want. Uh, but the fact that you'd have literally everything at your disposal in a handheld is kind of what the goal is here. Um, they didn't say anything about battery life or, or like necessarily all of the specs. It was more just a proof of concept of like, 
yes, we can make a Switch PC. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want one. <laughs> uh, the, the design of it was a little weird to me, like, aesthetically. Like, it was mm-hmm. very angular and stuff. It yeah. had a weird, like, trapezoidal-shaped screen. But I think that's more Alienware than anything else, because all of Alienware it, yeah, stuff it is, is It is angular. very in-brand Alienware, but... Um, while Alienware stuff, like, does look good as a PC tower sitting there, mm-hmm. as much, like, in your hand, it's kind of goofy. Um, I felt the same way about, like, the Alienware laptops mm-hmm. whenever I saw them. I'm like, yeah, they look kind of weird when you have it, like, sitting there on your lap as opposed to just being a thing that you, like, stick in your, you know, in yeah. your desk. That you could hide if you absolutely wanted to. Yeah. Um, it, it was, like, a little goofy. Like I said, it had, like, a weird kind of, like, trapezoidal screen. The, the screen itself was square, but, like, the, the, the bevel around it was, mm-hmm. like, trapezoidal. Which, yeah, there's angles at, like, you know, the, the corners and stuff like that. Yeah, so. which just, like, even though the screen itself was square, it mm-hmm. did, like, I don't know, give me, like, a weird perception thing when I looked at it. Where I was like, ah, oh, that's, like, weird how it's, like not even like that it, it's the a little bit wider at the bottom than it is at the top yeah and, yeah, yeah yeah it's the like the part of me that's just like no 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 like you're making it weird no don't do that like, no just, just make it pretty yeah don't um, do that but i mean ultimately yeah you're right in the sense that i'm the, I'm the same way i'm like oh, it would be pretty cool to have like a, a handheld pc system like yeah all of that stuff that i would like to play on pc that i don't have a pc to play it on yeah It'd be pretty neat to have it on that thing um my mind still always goes to PC equals mouse. So like, but no, but like most but PC most games, PC you games can... are, yeah, are, are patched to work with controllers Correct. at this point. Yeah. Um, it's just that, that part of my brain that goes like, Oh, PC, yeah. you play with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Um, I, I fully know you can play, you know, with a controller. Everything mm-hmm. is pretty much like fixed to work with an, an Xbox yeah. one controller at this point. Well, and that's kind of where I thought this would go. At least for me is this, makes a handheld xbox essentially with Mm -hmm. games pass with all first party games being available um on pc day and date with the xbox one at least i don't know about series x although they did say this week that series x is going to have no exclusives for the first year i don't I don't know what exactly that means or why you would ever fucking announce that. But. Uh, and then Sony came out and said, uh, yeah, we will have exclusives for PS5. Because <laughs> yeah, why the fuck would you admit to that? Yeah, I, I'm wondering if maybe they just meant like Series X specific and not like it's available on Xbox One, Series X, and PC or something like that. But still, why even say that? It's stupid. Yeah, maybe. But this gives you essentially a portable Xbox because you'll be able to play Games Pass and all those games right there. That you know Microsoft's never going to make a portable console. So this gets you a portable PC, a portable Xbox. You've got portable emulator machines since it just runs Windows. Like it's not a proprietary you know thing that can only run the Steam store or the Epic store. Um, so it's pr- pretty much – and obviously internet and whatever else. It also does connect so you can output it to TV. Um, it, it has a kickstand so you can play it just like you could the, you can the, the Switch. The kickstand is interesting. It's the entire back panel. That's good because the little kickstand on the Switch sucks. No, I'm saying like, I, I thought that was cool. When yeah. I saw, like the entire back panel just falls down and acts as a kickstand. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so again, solid looking. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's built like a beast. But again, no, no real specs, no real pricing, uh, no now, battery life. Now Those pricing. Are... What would you pay for this? What would I pay for it? What What would be the amount of money that you would find to be reasonable for you to purchase it but also like for the 
the thing to be. Here's the thing. Any price that would be reasonable that I would think like, oh, yeah, I would at least consider it. I also wouldn't spend because like <laughs> I don't just like – I know I'm going to be buying a PS5 this year. So like say it comes out this year. I know I'm going to be buying a PS5 this year because I'm going to want that. There's my $500 that I have in my gaming system budget, which then means I'm not going to buy any updated Switch or Alienware Switch PC. But I don't know, probably five, 600 bucks is where I'd want that to be. But again, if it's going to be a PC with beefy PC specs and everything, it's probably going to cost a thousand dollars. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. Um, when I was looking at that. I was like, all right, everyone's looking at that going like, it's just like the Switch. It's going to be like $300. No, 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 no. no. That's going to be a lot more than $300. No, I could see it being double because, again, it doesn't also, look premium. Alienware is expensive premium uh, gaming stuff. Yeah, but they're like, but it's also owned by Dell, so it's more budget-friendly than I think you realize. Mm. At least I think it is. I, I only well, ever it's see, like the premium Dell. Yeah, but I only ever see it when it's on sale, too, Like because I don't go looking at PC things, so I see it in the Best Buy flyer when I'm browsing for that. So... I don't know, five, six hundred dollars I feel like is the sweet spot to where you can market that to people that aren't hardcore, hardcore PC, PC gaming master race people. Uh, but then again, what does a six hundred dollar gaming PC that fits in the palm of your hand look like in terms of like quality? I don't know. So yeah, anything more than that, and I it's not even a conversation for me, but you know, it still looks cool and it's still a, a sweet idea. Yeah. So I, I was know. I was thinking yeah like the eight hundred to a thousand range is what I was picturing that thing costing yeah well and especially because these are going to be you're gonna have to scale down a lot of PC components to be able to fit in such a small package I've seen other PC handhelds like the the Win the Razor yeah the the, the Razor one there was like the Win PD um, like Max and three and they have all different variations where it like that but that had like you know, a cell phone style keyboard. It had two analog sticks. It had all the buttons. It had everything, but it still ran windows just fine. And those were, I think like 600 bucks. Uh, but that had a clamshell design. It was, it was much smaller than this. So, but then again, that was also from a smaller company. Whereas like Alienware could mass produce these things and make it a little bit cheaper for consumers. But yeah, I think anywhere from five to six, or like you said, eight to a thousand is, I wouldn't be shocked at either price. Anything below that, and I'd be like, get the fuck out of here, really? <laughs> yeah. are, you, are you serious? Anything more than that, I'd be like, are you serious? Come on. Yeah. Who's going to buy that? Who's spending tw like $2,000 on this? Get out of here. Uh, the real key would be like, can you then hook it up to like a VR headset? Ooh. Like, And so that way you don't even need the like the monitor or the PC gaming. Or you can literally bring your VR everywhere. Well, then you just buy an Oculus Quest. That's true. But this would be even beefier somehow. Mm. I don't know. Just having it like dangling by your side. <laughs> no, just put it in your pocket. That's what it's for. Uh, no, but I'd be very interested in one should it be real, but who knows. Uh, lightning round. More CES stuff. Uh, that's it. It's official, Joe. I'm naming 2020 the year of the Game Boy uh, because we are getting a new Retron exclusively designed around Game Boy. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, so for people that don't know, uh, Hyperkin, they put out the Retron uh, line of uh, modernized classic consoles you know like new ways for playing all your old consoles yep. on new hd tvs they're the things you see where it's like seven and one where it's got nintendo and super nintendo and genesis and all these where you can just stick your old cartridges in mm -hmm. and play those games on a tv 
Yep. Uh, so they've uh, they've recently been putting out like a lot more of the uh, you know just like a single singularly focused version of those things as opposed to the the ones that have all the different things. So you can just buy just like the Retron, you know, Nintendo, the Retron Super Nintendo, Retron Sega Genesis. Now they're coming out with uh, one called the Retron Junior, which is uh, just a little tiny little cube that you can get mm-hmm. uh, that lets you play all of your Game Boy games on your TV uh, and up to 720p. Um, wireless this, controller uh, yeah it, I mean it doesn't have a controller port like I said it's a tiny little thing it's it's about the size of a a, a Game Boy like cartridge essentially yeah not much uh, like a square obviously not as yeah. thin but it's, it's about that size it's not very very big um, but yeah uh, Bluetooth uh, you can connect Bluetooth to any of your Bluetooth controllers to it like I said outputs in 720p uh, it does only do emulation it's not uh, like the analog pocket that we had talked about a couple months ago yep. uh, which is actually a handheld system in itself this thing just is a little cube that you plug into your tv um and it does uh, just do emulation not fpga uh, which is the thing that basically actually lets you run the cartridge or the game off the cartridge mm-hmm. this just registers what cartridge you're putting in and plays an emulation of the game mm-hmm. um uh, no uh, price announcement that I've been able to find as of just yet, uh, but the Retron systems are usually pretty cheap. Uh, I thought, didn't you say it was like 65 or something like that? No, I was I was picturing Oh, you were speculating. Gotcha. I, was, I was saying probably around like 60 bucks. Okay. Because uh, the Retron other systems, that's about the same price range as those. Uh, maybe it's a little bit cheaper because it uses far less plastic and like components for development. Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably around like the forty sixty dollar range, which is a hell of a lot cheaper than the analog pocket, which is uh, two hundred just for the system. Yep. Uh, not including the dock that would let you play on the TV, Correct. which they haven't given a price on that yet. That's going to be something that's going to be sold separately. Correct. Um, so if you're just looking for a cheap, easy way to play all of your Game Boy, Game Boy Color, or Game Boy Advance games on your TV, mm-hmm. this will be an excellent little. Uh, uh, option for that yeah i've got my big ziploc bag of game boy games so i'm looking for any any excuse to play them again in any way that i can so i'm telling you man you're the game boy i'm like so now that i've seen this retron jr which looks cool well, granted what we've seen is just a prototype so it could change in the look of it a little bit it's very in line with all the other systems, yeah so, so it probably I, I won't change much just, just being what it looks like yeah so we've got that and i think it looks year. adorable oh yeah absolutely it's the cutest little thing i've ever seen um We've got that. We've got the analog uh, pocket coming out this year. Do we get a Game Boy Classic? Like, do you think that's ever in the cards? Now that Nintendo's seeing all these other companies trying to move in on their territory, do we ever get a Game Boy Classic that either plays just Game Boy or Game Boy Color or maybe some Game Boy, Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance just to pad out the library of potential games? Like, do you see that as being a thing we could ever get? Or are we just NES, NES, Super NES Classic and that's it? I mean, they. It's kind of hard to tell with Nintendo because they lie a lot. I would say. Yeah. Um, they're very like up until now they've been very much like okay, like we're done with the classic things. Yeah. But every time they say that, I'm just like, yeah, sure you are. Like, yeah. You have you you have to have somebody somewhere fiddling around with a a, a 64 classic. Yeah. At some some point, you know, I, I don't buy it when they say that they're completely done with it. I mean, that thing made money hand over fist. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't understand why you wouldn't. I know that they're like, oh, well, now that the Switch is out, we're just going to put all the games out on the Switch instead and not Which have to worry about that. Fine. Like, I understand that too. But at the same time, like, come on. Yeah. You know, we want it. And so, 
what like what would a Game Boy Mini be though? I think you, like would it would it just be a tiny Game Boy that you would play the games on that, or would it be like a thing that you plug into the TV and play your Game Boy games on the TV? I mean, if I if if I had my druthers, I would say it looks like a Game Boy Color or a Game Boy like Pocket in terms of size, and then just had thirty games built into it that you could play, and then yes, it would output to TV. But I mean, even if it didn't output to TV and it was just a like a portable Game Boy that had thirty or sixty games or whatever built into it, I'd bet that thing in a heartbeat because I love the Game Boy and I know that it would be enhanceable and that would make it for an even more fun experience. But yeah, I don't think they would do a Game Boy Classic and have it just be it looks like a Game Boy that sits on your counter or sits on your entertainment center and plugs into your TV. I don't think they'd want to do that. I think it would have to be either it's a handheld or it does both. Hmm. Um, so I would love it to be a handheld that does both. Um, but if it was just a handheld that had, you know, however many games on it and an expandable memory area that allowed me to put more like done deal. Well, you see, that's the thing that uh, had me thinking that maybe we won't be getting any more of these yeah. though, is like, has Nintendo been looking at the NES classic and the SNES classic and seeing that everybody is just modding and putting all their games onto that? Are they, they are they seeing that and saying like, Oh, well, why are we putting these things out if people are just going to abuse them i don't think they care they got their 80 bucks it's not like they're putting out an snes classic and then an SES classic version 2 with more games like they're just putting it out and you're buying it and they've got it they, they got sure. your 80 yeah, they got the they got the money that you put down yeah exactly if there was if it was a thing where it connected to the internet and then you were able to buy more games from it i could see them being like no why would we do that for you then like you're just gonna buy the one and why put the time in but I mean, if they're, I don't think they care that you're enhancing it per se. Like legally, I'm sure they care, wink, wink, but like they're never going to go after you for doing so. I don't yeah. believe so. But I'm just, I'm just wondering if they're like looking at that going like, but they're, I was going to say that we're going to sell those later on on the Switch, but I'm like, no, they're just giving those away on the Switch. So yeah. They're not even profiting off of them any. Yeah, exactly. So I like, they don't have the virtual console anymore. The Switch online thing is, it's 20 bucks for the year that I pay, even though I almost never touch those games. I use it so I can play Tetris and any other games online. So what, like, what's stopping you other than like, yes, you are truly focused on the future and you're not necessarily looking to double dip on the past. But I would love it if they came out with one. Because if, if I was able to have the Retron Jr. in the analog pocket and then the, you know, the Game Boy Classic Mini, like, oh my God, it'd be the, the greatest thing ever. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all right. Lightning round. Joe, CES time. Sony had a big presentation uh, earlier in the week where we got our very first look at the PlayStation 5 logo. What do you think? <laughs> what, overwhelmed? Underwhelmed? Whelmed. What do you think? Uh, underwhelmed? I'm whelmed. It's <laughs> fine. It's the P- Guys, it's the PS4 logo with a 5. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, well, like, I, I guess, yeah, I guess probably, yeah, more whelmed. It, yeah. It's more along the lines of kind of what I expected, because that just kind of seems to be Sony's MO, yeah. which I guess I'm fine with. <clears throat> like, they just go, um, we're not fixing what ain't broke. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, we're just going to enhance it and make a better version of the thing that we've already made. Like, yeah. they don't go another way. Like, the, the, the DualShock controllers have remained largely unchained throughout the entirety of Nintendo or um, Sony's history. Yeah. Like they, you know, they, they fiddle around with them. They change around things. They add touch screens, they add speakers and stuff, but it still feels like a PlayStation controller in your hand when you hold it. You know, maybe you're getting extra buttons. Maybe you're getting, you know, 
joysticks added on because originally I didn't have the joysticks. Yeah. Uh, but they still kind of feel the same. So it looks like they're kind of just kind of carrying that entire yeah. philosophy along the lines with all these other systems. Yeah. Um, my like concern is kind of like I really hope that the PlayStation 5 doesn't just look like a PlayStation 4. <laughs> no, I think the design of the box will be different because they don't want to go the Wii to Wii U thing. Um, so I think the design of the box will look not drastically different, but like the PS2 was flat. The PS3 was curved. The PS4 was flat and, you know, more angular. So maybe we get something with some curves to it this time, you know, maybe to match the the fact that five has a curve in it. Like, I don't know, like there's some reason they'll come up with, but mm. uh, yeah, but the logo, when I saw that they were doing a full on presentation at CES, I was like, oh, I wonder, like, could this Are be... Are they going to show off the new system? Yeah. Could this be the time? But I, I think when they're ready to unveil it, which I do hope is soon, um, that they will do a like teases leading up to it so i can get excited about an unveiling as opposed to just like like the you know i don't want to be underwhelmed like i was with the series x where they didn't even tell us they were doing that there were no hints there were no teases and then we weren't even sure what it was when it was shown to us i don't want it to be that fucking god damn it microsoft like you need to come out strong with this yeah and you're already dropping the ball before everything yeah so if it's not a dedicated presentation the way they usually do it I don't think we're waiting for E3 to be fully shown this thing. I don't think you can because it's only going to come out a couple months later. Um, I mean, it might, but I want to see a full-fledged like unveiling and not just like a, here it is and it looks the same and you probably wouldn't even know it, but there's a five there. So uh, $500, please. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. But yeah, first look at the logo. It's the, pretty much the same logo. Uh, you did see you said to me earlier to get a bunch of fanfare though in terms of it's the most liked video game related photo on Instagram ever. Uh, yeah, somehow it's, it's the most liked in, uh, video game related uh, post on Instagram, huh. uh, which is five million two hundred and eighty two uh, nine hundred ninety five likes. Wow, in so, just a very short period of time. Yeah. So there you go. So over two million or uh, five million likes. Uh, Boom! In what, like two days? Yeah, get ready to like it. No, I think it was like Monday or something like that. So oh, it's okay. almost a week, but right. still, good amount of people liked it. Get ready. I mean, the fact that they're doing more and more unveiling of things means we're getting closer. I hope to an actual system reveal, uh, and you know, some exclusives reveal and games reveals and lineups and stuff like that. So. Uh, we'll see in the coming months. It's going to be a big 2020. Lots of systems to look forward to. Uh, lightning round. Last thing out of CES. Uh, it seems to be a yearly thing that we've been getting now for the last couple of years. Uh, where every consumer electronics show, we get uh, the next wave of arcade one-up cabinets gets announced. Now, these are things that I love. They're very near and dear to my heart that I do not have the money to spend on them. Uh, but I just love them so much because they're, they're fun little arcade cabinets that have all kinds of great games. And I just wish I had enough money to, to splurge on them because I really, really want that Turtles one. Yeah. That four-player Turtles. I don't even know where the fuck I would put it, but I want it because it looks awesome. So uh, this year we got our next uh, wave of them. Let me pull up the article that I've got here. Um, they actually had more than just arcade cabinets this year. They had a whole outpouring um for arcade one up the first thing we got is a limited edition burger time cabinet um so this has a bunch of games on it uh burger time karate champ bad dudes caveman ninja um it's got a light up marquee so there was a burger time cabinet before but it was just the standard regular looking cabinet this one's got a light up top 
uh, pretty much the same shape. Um, and it's got, you know, some extra little enhanced features and things like that. But the light up is pretty much what's different. Um, that one is, uh, all of these, I believe are available for pre-order now. Uh, I think the coolest one that they added this year was an NBA jam cabinet that comes with, uh, NBA jam, NBA jam tournament edition and NBA hang time. Uh, the big thing here, which is new for the arcade one up series, uh, is NBA jam will be playable online. Mm-hmm. So anybody that has the NBA Jam cabinet will be able to do drop-in online games, which just seems super fucking awesome. Now, are you surprised at how successful these have been? No. I, I, like, honestly, when these were coming out, I was like, all right, this is like a cool idea. I just kind of pictured it would just going to be that initial wave and we would not get those anymore. I, like when they first came out. I'm surprised that they are now so consistent and like upping the quality of them as much as they are. So they must be successful. I just thought they were going to be like one of those things that there was going to be a pile of them at Walmart like forever and they would never get, they would just lower them like lower and lower and lower. I mean, that happens for some of them. That happened for the first wave because the first wave, it was just like, it's Pac-Man, it's Street Fighter, it's Galaga. The most basic arcade games. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that they're popular because they're so like, it's such a cool idea. Yeah. Everybody wishes they had a game room with a bunch of arcade cabinets. Like every oh yeah, everyone sits around going like, "Oh man, if I had like the money, I would just fill my like garage up with arcade games and yeah. sit out there and play them all day long." Because like even people that aren't gamers now, as adults, like even people that aren't playing PS4 and Xbox and Switch and all that, they like, went to the arcade. They went kid. to the they grew up in the arcade. Like if you were of a certain age, you grew up in the arcade, gamer or not. You went, you played Mortal Kombat, you played burger time you played all of these different games like that was your weekend like that was your and your friends like hangout spot for the most part you know unless you were cool and then you went like you know drank and did drugs and like went to parties or whatever but like yeah, yeah like like me yeah, yeah. um <laughs> was, but no but like cool no but like there's a point where like if you were in elementary or middle school you went to arcades like even if you went like at a birthday party you would go to something that had arcade games mm-hmm. and so i feel like adults the world over would all if they had the money and they had the space would load up a room, like you said, of arcade cabinets. And I think this fills that void because you're not spending Mm $3,000 on one game. You're getting four or five games in most of these. um, And you're getting it for a budget price and a budget size where it's four feet tall, five feet with the riser. It can, it's pretty narrow where you can fit it in existing spaces. Like, Chances are you can fit it somewhere in your current man cave or game room or garage or whatever it is that you like to, you know, get away from the wife and kids. Yeah. Uh, and so some extra space in the basement. Exactly. So I think um, I can understand why they're popular, but I am surprised as many people are purchasing them as they are. I thought it would be one of those things where it's talked about a lot, but no one actually gets them. They're like, oh, my God, did you see that? How cool is that? Wish I had the space for it. Mm-hmm. Um but it doesn't seem to be the case. It seems that people are actually buying them. So, um, I mean, judging by the fact that they keep cranking out more and more of them yeah. with, like I said, increased quality. Like, I never would have thought they would have been making online compatible ones or ones with like light up displays or yeah. four tabletop player. ones. Four yeah. player. Well, yeah. When they made the first four player one, I was like, oh, that's crazy. Hell, when they made the like the golden tea one with the spinner ball, I yeah. was like, oh wow, they actually made the spinner ball. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's good about these two is they're you put them together yourself. So the fact that you do that means that you could enhance it if you want to. Like you could throw a Raspberry Pi in there and now you've got a monitor and the stand and, and the was, buttons. Yeah, I was talking about it with some people yesterday and someone was like, well, why don't you just build your own cabinet? I'm like, first of all, 
who's doing that? <laughs> of the number of people that would want to do this, how many people have the woodworking shop in their thing and are going to go download the templates and build their own cabinet to put a Raspberry Pi or a mini PC in there? Yes, that's easier and probably more cost effective. But honestly, I don't have the time. Or I do and I just don't have the work ethic. Hmm. So this kind of gives I'm you all this. Lazy. Yeah, exactly. I won't even get up to change a game. You think I'm building myself an arcade cabinet? Who the fuck are we kidding? Um, so this kind of sets the table for that in a really great way. Uh, online is great. I would be worried if I was buying it specifically for the online, I'd be worried about how many other people have this cabinet, but also NBA jam is a fantastic game that people love. So you probably have a pretty healthy online ecosystem depending, uh, who knows? We'll see, but that one's really cool. I like the fact that they did that. Um, they also at CES, uh, built a giant sized one. Like last year they built a giant sized Marvel cabinet. Uh, when they announced that i think they had it at e3 where it's just like 40 foot tall or whatever that you would like climb a ladder to get up to they did one of those for nba jam they had it at ces and it looked pretty fucking awesome uh the next one that they unveiled uh is a golden axe cabinet coming it'll have golden axe altered beast wrestle war and shinobi so all games that you can get on the genesis mini now you can get them in in arcade form uh let's see i'm gonna look it up for you wrestle war yeah, that one's new to me uh and all of the other games on that list yeah it's a mega drive 16 bit yeah mega drive game it's wrestling huh i completely missed this one uh despite being released no, the it's same a wcw year... game no no, no it says oh, well, wait, despite no, that's being just released the same pay-per-view. year as <laughs> world championship wrestling wrestle pay-per-view oh there was a Wrestle War pay-per-view for WCW. Yeah, that's the that's what I was looking um, at. It was included as part of the Sega Smash Pack compilation for Dreamcast. Uh, yeah, this is one of those ones where it's like based on other people. So there's a guy based on Bruiser Brody, a guy based on Jason, Road Warrior, Titan Morgans based on Hulk Hogan. So yeah, just a generic wrestling game. Can't believe you don't know that one, Joe. No, <laughs> look at this. Look at the look at the Japanese cover. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's Hulk Hogan. Very clearly not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, it's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and again, all these cabinets have like great artwork on them, which is part of the appeal for it. It looks really cool. Um, they're doing a second version of their Star Wars cabinet that they did last year, the Atari one with like the vector graphics, you know, style uh, Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one has a sit down seat, so you'll be able to sit there and play it as opposed to being uh, the traditional stand up one. Uh, so that's pretty cool. A little bit bigger, obviously, because it has the seat. Um, and built in as opposed to like needing to buy a stool or something like that. Um, but so pretty cool. I like that option. I wish I liked that game more, uh, cause that one's also pretty expensive, but like the look of that arcade cabinet is so beautiful. Like mm. the artwork and everything is great. Uh, they got a Frogger cabinet coming. Um, so this is part of their, like, they have a lineup that's even smaller. It's three quarter scale. That's meant to sit on like a bar top. So they have ones like that, that you can get, uh, this Frogger will be part of that line um it'll also have time pilot and time pilot 84 i'd be interested to see if they would um start re-releasing earlier cabinets but with the online yeah for them as well street fighter would be one yeah like a a street fighter or mortal Kombat one but this one would have online so you could now play those online with other people yeah i mean and granted the fact that you put them together yourself they could even release something where it's like Like you already have this here put this in instead and plug yeah, it here in are the instructions here's a, a, yep. a, a router or like whatever. an upgrade kit yeah. for something that has a modem that you can connect to the internet for those know. people that don't want to have to rebuy the arcade cabinet that they already bought yeah and granted it would probably be like a hundred bucks or something like that so it'd be like you bought it you know or maybe it'd be more expensive than buying the old one and the new one but 
whatever you've got it now so who cares like you have the cool updated look of it um that would be pretty sweet uh they also unveiled their first uh, in a line of pinball machines now these are not standard pinball machines these are digital pinball machines uh they are partnering with zen studios uh mm. makers of zen pinball which is available okay. playstation every, xbox every pc yep um so the first one they're doing is a star wars one uh and then there's one for attack on mars so they don't know the the specific games yet that'll be included, but we played some digital pinball, I believe, at the Pinball Expo a couple of years ago. Um, so it's cool. I mean, it's not the same; it doesn't give you the same feel for it. But if you're a pinball fanatic, that's having a digital one's still pretty sweet. Mm. Um, so that they're doing that for the first time they're ever. Have no pinball machine. Correct. Um, and they also unveiled for the first time ever uh, a new line of plug and play systems. So. If you remember from back in the day, there was a rash of plug-and-plays with Pac-Mans and Big Buck Hunter. And yeah, you can still go to a mall and have that like little center display in the mm-hmm. middle of the aisle that has all those on them. Yeah, I, I was where – was that like a Dollar General? And they had uh, like WWF Royal Rumble as a plug-and-play. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, is that still a thing that people have? And like the controller looked like a ring or whatever. Now um, that's the gift you get from Grandma. Yeah, exactly. I heard you like this. Like, thanks, Grandma. Awesome. Um, but they have a new line of plug-and-play ones. Uh, the actual thing that plugs in, it looks like it plugs into the HDMI. It looks like a Fire Stick, like a Chromecast. Uh, any of those. Um, the controller themselves looks like a Saturn controller, so six-button layout with a D-pad. They haven't announced all the games available yet. Um, they just have pictures of four controllers, and the four controllers have Pac-Man, Mega Man, Mickey Mania, and DuckTales on them. Each one of those comes with six or ten games. Don't know what games they are yet, though. You have to imagine the DuckTales one is probably that Disney Afternoon collection. Mm. So you probably got your DuckTales, your DuckTales 2, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, Chippendales. Throw another one in there and make your six. Uh, the Mickey Mania one is five. That's probably your Castle of Illusion, Mystery of Illusion, whatever the other yeah, one the is. the other Illusion game. Um, and then I don't know what else. There's probably a Mickey side-scrolling, another, you know, a couple other side-scrolling ones. Or maybe just other Disney stuff. Could be Aladdin, yeah, Aladdin Lion King. Uh, Lion King. Yeah, so there, there you go there. I mean, your Mega Man's, it, that's 10, so just your standard Namco collection. Your Dig Dugs, Rally X, Miss Pac-Man, Galaga, all those. Uh, and Mega Man is six games, so... Mega Man 1 through 6? That's what I would have to assume. Uh, I don't think you'd throw any X's in there or anything like that, but um, that could be pretty cool if you're looking to get that old school but don't necessarily have the money to shell out for the arcade cabinets. Uh, you got your options there. Uh, I love all of these, but we'll never, ever spend any money on them until I win like the lottery or something. Yeah. Uh, cool nonetheless. Uh, lightning round. All right, we're out of CES time. We've got actual gaming news here. Uh, we'll probably fly through most of it. Uh, we got another tease uh, for WB Montreal's next game, which gives us uh, zero more information than any of the teases we've had before. Yeah, originally they uh, tweeted out like uh, an image of a partially obscured like emblem. Uh, part of it was all like blacked off, uh, and then later on they tweeted out a uh, redacted version of it. They like literally said in the tweet "redacted," and it was the full uh, emblem symbol on it. Uh, everybody went instantly into the, oh, it's the Court of Owls, it's the new Batman Arkham game yep. thing. 
Uh, I don't know exactly where they get that from the the, the image that they put out. The which... image has nothing to do with it. And actually, the the tease was even more cryptic because it was like they put out a tweet with part of it. They put out an Instagram post with part of it. They put a Reddit post out with another part of it. And then someone compiled it all together to make the image. Oh, uh, okay. So I originally only saw this one, which was a largely mostly obscured version. Of yeah. It. So, so there was that, that they and then another. Multiple, uh, tweets. Yeah. It was like a tweet in Instagram and like a something else, like a Vine or whatever. Mm. Like, I know that's dead but like whatever TikTok. yeah tiktok with the rest <laughs> of it or something like that so like it had to be compiled together it kind of just looks like a police badge and honestly if you didn't know that this company made the bat made a batman game before and we didn't have that tweet from what a year and a half ago of like the wb montreal dev wearing like the court of owls looking logo jacket mm-hmm. no one would think this was a batman game because nothing in this picture looks Batman-y or Court of Owls-y. It's got an eagle Gotham-y. on it. It's, it's not even yeah. an owl. It's got an eagle on it. It's, no. a, it's an eagle, and then it has, like, eagle talons on it. But for the most part, it, yeah, it just looks like some sort of police badge yeah. or, like, police logo thing. Uh, it has a cityscape-like uh, silhouette in the background, which I'm going to assume is... it could be literally anything, but it's probably possibly Gotham. Possibly Gotham City yeah. if it is Batman-related. Uh, but, yeah, it could be a completely unrelated originally new game that wb montreal is going to be putting out that's like a cop game or something could like you imagine that. if it's not a batman game at all like it's just another I studio would, i would laugh my ass off and i would like congratulate them you know honestly if they pulled off that troll i'd be like fucking bravo guys yeah. bravo well, like, you make this game and then at e3 you unveil the batman game and you're like oh they're just making two games and we got fooled because we knew one was coming and this one's wholly new and surprising hmm. um but yeah, nothing in any of the the teases indicates Batman in any way. So cool, I guess. I just give it to me, please. And Rocksteady, what are you doing? What are you working on? I want to know what you're working on too. Uh, I have no idea. But yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out more. Did you? Soon. I mean, did you play the Arkham games? Yeah. I feel like I've asked you this every time. Yeah, yeah. I just like rebought news, news comes out. Yeah, I just rebought uh, Return to Arkham because it was like six bucks. I think I talked about it last week. It was part of the holiday sale. Mm, I saw Tyler was playing it. That's what made me like think about it. I was like, oh, he must be like getting in back into Batman mood. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's reading Batman right now. Um, but yeah, so I, I bought that because I was like, oh, I want to go back through and play them. I never beat Arkham City, so I want to go back through and play that. Arkham Origins is the one that WB Montreal made, and it sucks. Uh, yeah, it's the only one I didn't finish. I didn't finish it either, and I, I think I played uh, the Blackgate one a little bit. Oh, the, the handheld, the, the Vita PSP one, one. Um, or Vita, and that one was like a side-scrolly one. That one was kind of cool, but I never really got into that one very much. So yeah, I just, I just want to know now. Like, just tell me what it is, because I know it, all the like dick teasing is starting to get to the point of just being annoying, and it's not good teasing. Like I yeah. saw an article that was like, the next Batman game deserves better than this. Mm. Like, could it like? That was a, an awesome series of games. Granted, the W Montreal version is the lesser of those. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Arkham Knight. Yeah, but I think that's just because they tried to they tried to change it up too much with the introduction of the Batmobile yeah, to make it different way too than Arkham City. On the Batmobile. Yeah, so well, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see. So hopefully, we get more teases in the coming weeks, or just a straight up unveiling i don't know when's the next state of play like when's the next inside xbox it'll probably be unveiled there because i don't think they're going to do this tease and then wait until e3 like this tease indicates some big piece of news is coming soon uh so whenever that is or whatever that is just uh just give me that yeah if they just give us this and then say nothing for another six months it's gonna be like yeah fuck you guys yeah pretty much uh people are already kind of like fuck you guys because it just this is nothing. This yeah. has no Batman hints whatsoever. So either be Batman or don't. 
Uh, or at least allude to Batman. So yeah. You don't have to flat out just like give me a thing with a Batman no. logo going like, oh, what's this supposed to be? Yeah, no. But something slightly. Give me something. Uh, all right, lightning round. Uh, we did our Game of the Year uh, awards a couple weeks ago. Uh, you can listen to that. You can hear what we thought were our best games of the year, most surprising games of the year, games we just got to, uh, games we wish we played. Uh, but Metacritic has gone through the trouble of putting out uh, their games of the year and games of the decade is this based on critical reception or fan or uh, both? fan reception fan reception okay so this is according to the fans who use metacritic the games of 2019 and the games of the teens the 20 teens in general so joe i think you have this list uh yeah i, I mean the the games of 2019 like you know everyone's already we've gone over our list we've given our thoughts so mm-hmm. it's not like a big deal what was their number one uh, their number one was Resident Evil two so okay. they're in line with me so uh apparently uh the uh metacritic people are smart there you go you're a metacritic uh-huh uh number two was sekiro number three death stranding uh, Fire Emblem's Three Houses, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, The Outer Worlds, Control, Devil May Cry 5, Luigi's Mansion, and Pokemon Sword and Shield. Surprise Control is so high, or so low, given that like a lot of outlets had that as their game of the year. Yeah, I think, well, because this is fan-voted, I don't think yeah. as many people played Control True. as like, the reviews you know, earned it kind yeah. of thing, because I barely heard anyone talk about Control. I've heard lots of good things, yeah. but... No, I don't know. Except for you, I don't know anyone who played it or anything. Yeah, and I only played it once I saw that it was on like the nominee list for Game of the Year for the Game Awards. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's good. I That's going to be the next thing I go back to try to finish. I'll probably play that this week. Just try to finish that up. But uh, but uh, what we didn't talk about, what we didn't go over, was uh, Games of the Decade. No, that so... would have been a really good idea, Joe. Where the fuck were you on that one? <laughs> yeah, I know. You dropped the <laughs> ball, Joe. We could have given everyone our thoughts on the games we we played before we were even a podcast. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they had the uh, top ten games of the decade. Um, uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, do you want to start at number ten and go up to one, or you just want to start at the top? No, give me the give me the countdown. Countdown. Okay. So, so this is it now is this from twenty ten to twenty nineteen? Yes. Correct? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, game number 10, game of the decade, as voted by the people at Metacritic, uh, Dark Souls. Okay. Uh, I can see that. It spawned a... I mean, technically Demon Souls spawned it, but, like, Dark Souls really took off the I mean, it's, Souls genre that yeah. permeated genre the second of half of the decade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number nine, Grand Theft Auto V. Honestly, I'm surprised that's not higher. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, number eight, God of War, the new God of War. Okay. Yeah. A late uh, entry, but a, a worthwhile one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. I mean... That's, I'm surprised it, it's it as is, low it as is, it is, considering... It has been permeating culture since it's come out. I mean, how many versions of that game have we gotten? And that came out in what? 2011, right? That was 11, 11, 11? Yeah. 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 Uh, but no, that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised it's... What is it? Five? Yeah. Yeah, but it's been on... Or seven. It's been seven. It's been on every single console that it's been able to be put on since it came out, except for like the Wii U. Or a handheld, mm. but like, so I'm surprised it's not higher given the fact that you're right. It's been in the the zeitgeist for As, eight years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, Bloodborne. I'm surprised that that's on there. I would have thought only one Soulsy game would have made it. Yeah, that's kind of what like, I thought too. Granted, Bloodborne is correct me if I'm wrong. I have not played either, but it's a better game than Dark Souls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I would say. I would say, I mean, at least for me, Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 are the better ones. Yeah. Um, but Dark Souls 3 is seen as kind of like one of the easiest ones. So mm-hmm. I'd imagine that like hardcore Dark Souls fans yeah. don't enjoy it as much. They're looking for the, like the more difficult ones. Okay. 
number five is Mass Effect 2. Okay. I mean, that was a pretty big game. Mass Effect 2 was a big deal when it came out. 2010? Uh, yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Give or take? I mean, I guess it has. It, does, it doesn't say right there? It doesn't have the dates on them. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so number four is Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay. I mean, mm. it was a big deal game. I, I don't feel like it has as much impact as Grand Theft Auto 5 did. No, but it's one of those things where I think this is skewed since this is fan voting on Metacritic that I feel like in more 2018, more people were reviewing on Metacritic. Granted, you can go back probably and give your input on those older games, but... I feel like more people are reviewing on Metacritic in 2018 than they were in 2013, right? It's when 12, when did Grand Theft Auto 5 come out? Somewhere in that range, 2012, 2013, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll look it up. Uh, Let's see. What do we got? GTA 5, come on, scroll. 2013, September 17th. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like more people are on Metacritic now just because... Or maybe it's just that it's louder that I hear about it more. Oh well, this was voted. This wasn't just overall. Oh, this by wasn't. Metacritic. Oh, I thought this was just taking the Metacritic scores. No, no. no. Oh, okay. No, gotcha. This was, gotcha, this gotcha. was voted for. Like, gotcha. They did a contest okay. or a, a voting thing to vote for your like best games. My mistake. I misunderstood. Mm. But yeah, I still think Grand Theft Auto Five should probably have been higher, just because it's like again, it's still the being more played. influential one. Yeah. Yeah, and it's still being played. Like you never like yeah, you still hear about constant updates to Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. To this day, new expansions, new stuff like this. New uh, online. You don't really yeah. hear much about like people playing Red Dead Online. No. At all. No. Which I don't think is just nearly as popular as Grand Theft Auto Online was. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. It's actually, that game is beloved. It is very beloved. Uh, it's still surprising to me that it's that high, but it is beloved. I so would have put it lower, but I would have put it on the top ten. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if Skyrim and that flipped. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Because right. you put Witcher at seven and Skyrim at three. Skyrim has been there from two thousand, uh, the end of two thousand eleven until twenty twenty, and people are still talking about it, still playing it. Um, I know The Witcher is technically probably thought of as a better game, but the fact that it's that like Skyrim became a meme, you know, mm-hmm. like I I wouldn't I wouldn't have been shocked if those were flipped on the list, but still both deserve to be there, obviously. Uh, uh, number, two. number two is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <sighs> I would not have put it that high. I don't think I have a really tough time with this one because I really love that game. And it but re- reinvented best, Zelda. Best games of the decade, though, of all the things that have come out in the last 10 years. I feel like it's too easy and too, like, I don't think it's fleshed out enough to be up there. I could see it being in top 10, but in the latter half of the top 10. Yeah, if it was top 10, it would be like 8 or 9 yeah. for me. Yeah. You know? Would not be number 2. Not even close. No. No, I, and I love that game, and I would think it was my game of the year that year in 2017, but no, I don't think so. And then uh, number one, Last of Us. Okay. I can see that. That was also voted uh, PlayStation Blog's mm-hmm. uh, number one game of the decade was Last of Us. I wouldn't – game of the decade? I mean, I've, I've, well, already, I've already complained about it. I'm just saying in general, like in, yeah. in this metacritic, like I've already talked about, like I recognize the artistry and the storytelling and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, we talked about this in our but look ahead to 2020. I still find the game to be very boring. Yeah. I, I could think of a lot of more games than than that that would deserve the number one spot. Yeah, I'd have to like, I didn't see, we didn't even think to do this. I'd have to really go back and look and kind of figure that out 
like looking at what came out every year and what were the top five games of each year and try to put my own list together. But yeah. Well, I, I have one that it would probably be my number one and okay. it's not even on this list. And I'm shocked that it is not on this list. Resident Evil 2. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Minecraft. Uh, I am blown away that Minecraft is not on this list. And I would probably put it at least close top three, maybe number one, surely based on like pure influence and yeah. like hype and like popularity. And yeah. How stuff. many of those games spawned their own convention? Like <laughs> <laughs> there's no last of us con. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, I mean, it's still being played. I feel like the longevity matters more than the, which I guess is unfair to newer games. But if you're talking about like a game of the decade, the fact that you're out longer in the decade gives you a leg up where I feel like that kind of has to count for something. Hmm. So uh, other one that I was uh, surprised by uh, seeing um, fallout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, um, uh, Elder Scrolls on there, Fallout New Vegas. I'm surprised didn't at least make it onto the list. When did that come out? Uh, Fallout New Vegas. Uh, that was uh, October 2010. Okay, so yeah, it so would've, it would have uh, been in there. Yeah, it would have counted. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that one's thought of really highly. I don't know that that's necessarily. Yeah, I, I don't know if maybe it's as influential. No. Of a game. Yeah. So I mean, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to really look at a list to determine when what like my favorite games of the decade mm. were. Because I also like had a lull in the early part of the the teens where I like didn't buy a PS4 right away, and like the PS3 era was kind of ending, and I wasn't buying as many games. So I feel like I would have missed out on a lot of stuff. But I would have to really look back and see like, okay, what was my game of the of the decade? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe you can come up with some stuff just to toss out next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll uh, we'll ask we'll, John we'll ask too. Jay, yeah, John, see what he has to say. Cool. Um, all right, there you go. Uh, let us know if you disagree with that or not. Uh, lightning round, Joe. Do you like stamps? Are you a stamp collector? Uh, you know, I actually did have a stamp collection when okay. I was younger. Uh, not one that I collected. I just had a stamp collection that was given to me. Oh, that's pretty impressive. What's uh, a stamp collector called? I always forget that. Uh, no, I was going to say Nemistitis, but that's a money, that's money. collector. Yeah. Uh, that's a stamp uh, collector. Yeah, they, you collect numismos or whatever. Yeah. Uh, stamp collectors. Uh, let's see what are they. But it had like a bunch of um, like golden stamps, mm-hmm. like golden versions of them, like raised golden versions of them, which I mean, I didn't really care about stamps, but I kind of always thought that was cool as a small child. I was like, oh, wow, they're golden and raised. And then eventually, you know, like every comic book had a like embossed uh, raised golden cover version and thing. It's a philatelist. Oh. Philatelist. Sounds sexual. It does sound sexual philatelist that sounds more sexual fallacious yeah that's different that's a collector of something else um yeah i always like i was never a stamp collector uh they would routinely put out these things where there was like a big cardboard thing where it'd be like the little stamp and then like a big picture so like uh i got like you know sports themes ones for like christmas or whatever it'd be like a kind of a gift not a gift pack but like it'd be like one little stamp and then a bigger picture and then like a description of what it is or whatever and i had a couple of those but Never big into stamps, um, but for you philatelists out there, the Royal Mail in the UK, uh, otherwise known as their postal service, if you didn't figure that out, 
is putting out a special collection of British video game inspired stamps. Uh, it is a series of 12 stamps that you can buy in various packs, you know, various collections. You can get them framed, not framed. Uh, they've done this a bunch before. They had Harry Potter stamps. They had Pink Floyd stamps a few years back. So they're always putting out cool, fun, Britishy uh, stamps this year. It is video games. Uh, there are uh, 12 stamps to choose from only nine games though represented uh, one game gets special consideration by having four stamps in the collection uh, now i would i should have not told you what these were and had you guess what games you think would be represented in the british stamp well you fucked up uh, collection but i Idiot. fucked up um so i'll give you guys a second to guess at home you can just yell at your radios or your mp3 players uh, scare the people on the bus whatever you're doing so just yell out like it's this one i know it um so i'll give you a second there okay you've all... you look like an idiot oh right my god now. i can't believe you just scared that old woman i hope nobody crashed uh so here are the games that are available in the british stamp collection we have elite from 1984 Sensible Soccer from 1992, mm. Wipeout from 1995, Dizzy from 1987. Good year, good year. Uh, Worms from 2006, I think. I didn't know Worms was British. Worms is British. Uh, Lemmings from 1991, mm. Micro Machines uh, from 1991. All right. Uh, Populous was in 1989, uh, and then the uh, the game or character that gets the most recognition here uh, is Tomb Raider, starting with Tomb Raider 96, Adventures of Lara Croft 98, Tomb Raider Chronicles in 2000, and Tomb Raider, the 2013 Tomb Raider. Uh, now, I know Lara Croft is British. Was Crystal Dynamics British? Uh, the studio? It was wasn't, it Crystal Dynamics? It wasn't Crystal Dynamics to start. Oh, Eidos. No, not Eidos. Eidos did do Tomb Raider games at first. Uh, who made them? Sometimes debuting in systems like, yeah... I'm trying to think. I had it here earlier, but I don't remember who made the first Tomb Raider. But yeah, Tomb Raider, British. I mean, uh, it's not a it's not a very stellar list. No, I, I guess uh, you know, not to be too dismiss dismissive of our British friends, but uh, and Dizzy, allies, Micro Machines. Come on, guys, step up your game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, micro Machines was a weird one. I wouldn't have thought of that as particularly British, but. Uh, I mean, the, the were the toys British, or was it just the game development of the studio? And also, like, who played that game? I don't know. Uh, Core Design was the developer. Mm, you're right. Uh, yeah. They're now Rebellion, hmm. British video game developer based in Derby, England, founded in May of 1988. Oh, good for them. They was published by Eidos, huh. the first one. So, uh, yeah, Core British, done. Stamps. Stamps. Right. Send them on your letters. Put them in a frame. All right. So they lose a prince, but they gain some stamps and a stylus. There you go. Done deal. Mm. You're making out, UK. You've got styluses and stamps. Mm -hmm. uh, there you go. All right. Uh, lightning round. It's another week, Joe, which means another Uncharted director. <laughs> um, Didn't we just talk about this like last week? Uh, yes. Last week, we they lost one. Oh, uh, yeah. We had uh, Travis Knight leaving. Travis Knight leaving. Bumblebee's gone. Uh, and instead, we have get the uh, the guy from Venom and Zombieland, the first Zombieland. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Ruben Fleischer has uh, signed on to be the new director. So, uh, we'll be looking forward to announcing his departure in a few weeks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Creative differences, man. They're a bitch. Yeah. Uh, Timing and everything. I mean, Zombieland was good. I did like Zombieland. I thought Venom was fine. I thought it was much better than it had any like. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it being. that. Uh, I, I still was 
uh, uncomfortable with the not actually being related to Spider-Man aspect of it, which was kind of dumb. Correct. But, I mean, Correct. I understand what they, they had to work with what they got kind of thing. Yep. Uh, but you're right. Like, it was a enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's set up well enough for a universe-type creation. And now that they've got a Spider-Verse to work with, you can pull in literally any other like actor to play that universe's version of Spider-Man if you really mm-hmm. wanted to. Um, I thought he wasn't Spider-Man-esque enough to where you could then bring in a Spider-Man and like he didn't swing he didn't like, swing he didn't webs. have the yeah he didn't, didn't have the have spider logo yeah so like you can change it up a little bit um because he's you know basically he's an alien so mm-hmm. but I thought the you know directing was good enough and Zombieland I thought was great still haven't seen Double Tap but the first one was good I didn't hear good things mm, that's fair uh yeah so Uncharted director still Tom Holland maybe still Mark Wahlberg as Sully we don't know uh that was the rumor I haven't heard anything to the contrary yet but we're now on our seventh, I believe, because mm-hmm. we counted them last week and they were six, and yeah. now they're seven. So maybe this will be lucky number seven to maybe make the Uncharted movie happen. Uh, if I, I swear to God, though, if he's done, I'm done with this movie. Like, if if he leaves and you've now gone through seven directors and you can't get just it, give just, up. Just, just just give quit. up. You should have given up already by now. Yeah. Just give up. Just give up. Like for the love of God. Because either you can't get the story to work to where it's going to be good. Or you just can't line up the people that you want. So just stop. Mm. Just stop. I lose hope that this will be good at any point. And as we said last week, just make it a Netflix series. Just give me something else in the meantime, I guess. Like each episode is like a new treasure that they're trying to find. Yeah. Or like each episode is him going to a new location to find a treasure that he needs to unlock the ultimate, you know, defeat the bad guy at the end of the season. You know, like if each season is a game, there's your 10 hours and multiple hopping to different areas. And yeah, like have it be like, you know, they they find the treasure, but then they're like, oh, but we need eight keys in order to unlock the door to get to the treasures. And now we need to go and find the eight keys, which are scattered around the globe. Yeah. You know, and they got to go to the eight different locations and find eight different temples that have eight different keys hidden in them. Well, and then you can even do something like like the Mandalorian did this, where you have episodes that are just kind of completely not... unrelated to the overall plot. Yeah, we're like, okay, maybe this one episode he gets pinned down and he's stuck in one of the temples and he's just got to fight his way out. But he's in know... a capsized boat stuck at the bottom of the ocean, has to figure out his way to like get out of it. Yeah, or he's got like, oh fuck, I've got three bullets and I've got to and like the henchman just landed at the end of one episode. And then the next episode, he's just got to get out of this one temple with his three bullets. And it's a slower paced one, but there's a lot of tension. Like do that. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be eight MacGuffins each episode to get to the ultimate MacGuffin and villain defeating, make it where there's like, there's low points where it's just tension. And we're worried that like, Oh no, is Sully going to die? Is Nate going to die? Is whatever, girl that we're going with for this one is it nadine is it chloe Chloe. is it you know whoever make it that like that's so much better than this movie is gonna be so just give me that instead well i'm looking forward to you being announced as director and then you can pitch that i've got to be next man (laughs) i got i'll send we're all gonna get our shot yeah i'm gonna send in a reel i don't have a reel but i'll just be like come on it's me on camera going like come on guys (laughs) yeah seriously come on you need someone to do it yeah i'll do it yeah listen i'll take all your notes just come on. Mm-hmm. Let's make it a show. Let's let's work together. We're in a landscape now that you can make anything a show and make it good and give it a budget and have fun Look with it. That Witcher. Look what they did that Witcher. Some people like that. it. Some people don't. But it seems to be fine. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I think John's going to watch it if he hasn't started already. So just give me something. 
just don't don't keep hiring and firing directors. This is silly. You're you're embarrassing yourself, Sony. Again. <laughs> so let's knock it off. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for the lightning round, not lightning round, which will do it for this week's episode of the Broken Clock Podcast Gamescast. Remember, you can find the Gamescast every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Uh, so let us know what you think of the Pokemon Direct from this week. Are you excited for the expansion? Are you excited for those new Gigantamax Pokemon and some of those older Pokemon making it back in the game? Uh, what do you want to see from a newer Switch in 2020? Should we get an upgraded model? Are you still playing Pokemon Go? Uh, what were your favorite announcements out of Consumer Electronics Show? Are you looking forward to an Alienware Switch-type PC? Which arcade one-up cabinet would you like? Uh, what's your game of the decade? What's your game of the decade? Do you care about WB Montreal's next game if it is or isn't Batman? Um, do you like stamps? And uh, who <laughs> and do you styluses. And who do you want to be the next director of the Uncharted movie after this guy leaves? <laughs> Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Uh, but once again, for the Broken Clock Podcast Gamescast, my name is Adam. And I'm Joe. And thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.